Hey, this is Cole just popping in with a quick reminder of two ways you can support this show and this network. Uh, you know, first there's the Patreon, patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. That's a great way to support us directly. But this episode, we are talking about some books, and Amazon is a good place to buy some books. If you're going to be following along, uh, I recommend you go to duckfeed.tv slash tipjar, use our link, and uh, we get a cut of whatever you buy. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you know, cut us in on that, on that action by going to, uh, duckfeed.tv slash tip jar. All right, that's enough. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. Hey, you're listening to Bonfireside Chat. It is a favorite of the spiral. Yes, and this week we have the first of our off-season specials here as we uh, kind of bridge the time between Bloodborne and Dark Souls 3. And this week we are talking about two pieces of, uh, of fiction. One is a manga, the other is a uh, novella. Is that safe to say? Yeah. Novella is the word I would use. Yeah. Uh, like novella Ella. Yeah. My uh, novella Ella. 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 <laughs> eh, eh. Um. And uh, uh, the, the, the manga is Uzumaki, and mm-hmm. the, uh, the novella is uh, Shadow over Innsmouth. Yeah. And the, the, the clearest point of reference, like it, it probably seems a little bit like we haven't shaken off the, uh, the bloodborne blood. But uh, so the clearest point of reference to this is the fishing village in Bloodborne. However, um, you know, there are some other ties and everything that are kind of aesthetic between these things. Not tons other than, <laughs> than, than Bloodborne, but there are some. And then also it's interesting stuff that we want to cover and, you know, got to cover something. Like, <laughs> it, it, you know, you, we could just, you know, take one of these off seasons and just like, oh, let's go through all the Kingsfields or whatever. But for those who, you know, when we when we do a season of the show, we're playing a 25 hour game, 30 hour, <laughs> 35 hour game over the course of like a year. Uh, right. So it's it's fairly easy to fit into our, our schedules. Um, if we were just to say, like, only, like, let's do uh, the, the other Kingfield games and both Shadow Tower games during the offseason, like, <laughs> po- podcast time, we have time for that. Uh, actually playing the game time, we don't. Right. So uh, so there's a, there's an element of this, like, this is something we wanted to cover, uh, but there's an element of it that's practical, yeah. uh, where we are uh, doing things that are lower uh, kind of calorie to digest, and then also, like, it feels nice to not play a video game sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, nice to talk about different forms of media, too. I mean, we mm-hmm. we found that out with our previous specials, the Lovecraft special and the, uh, the mm-hmm. Brotherhood of the Wolf one. Like, these are fun things to do. And it does. It is a shrewd way to buffer things out. And it's not just a logistical concern, as we said. Yeah. There are thematic resonances here. It's it's just it's both, you yeah. know. And so some of the things we'll be doing during the off season are more connected. Some of them are less connected. But we think that it's all at least uh, tangentially con- connected and uh, at least all interesting and worth talking about. And in the case of this episode, and I think all of the off season stuff we're doing, um, there's an element of like recommendation to it. Oh, my gosh. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Like this is this is something that like these are all things that would be cool to experience that we at least got a little bit of the same vibe from. So if you are mm-hmm. a big fan of uh, Bloodborne, I feel fairly comfortable saying you'll like the stuff. 
Yes. In um, fact, I would even go so far as to say is Uzumaki is one of my favorite things we've covered for a show. It's really great. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I really love it. Um, yeah, I'm maybe not there, but I, I, uh, I would be if it, if it ended a little bit stronger. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll get to it into it. <laughs> um, I should also mention that, uh, we decided to cover Uzumaki kind of right after I read it just for pleasure. Mm-hmm. Uh, not right after though. So it's not 100% fresh in my memory. Um, if I get tiny details wrong, you guys will have to forgive me. Yeah. Cause uh, I, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it reads quick, but it's also a lot of pages and I didn't have time to reread it. Right. Uh, given that I just read it a month ago. Yeah. Um, That said, I would recommend anybody who is interested in this, uh, go and check this out. Even if you are going to hear this and be like, all right, they've described the plot, like the art in this and the actual experience of, you know, going through it beat by beat. This is a very dense um, Mm -hmm. piece of work visually. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, you're still going to get an awful lot out of this, even if you know the punchlines to the various chapters. And it's very reasonably priced and you can get through it in like for me and I'm a slow reader and I like to look at all the pretty pictures. It took me like two nights to read. Yeah, it it, it goes by quick. It's um, and it's also like when you say it's a recommendation, it's not like uh, so this is nauseating. (laughs) <laughs> um, like this, this is a nauseating work. I feel like you have to be the more you're going to like, uh, you're going to like Uzumaki, the more that you respond um, specifically to like a certain kind of like queasy Vaseline covered body horror. Right. Um, and if that is a thing for you, which it is for me and Cole, um, this is a 100% unqualified recommendation. Mm-hmm. If you have a weak stomach or if this stuff, I can also imagine like the user who looks at these designs that are really working on you and I and mm-hmm. just thinking it looks silly. Yeah. I So a lot of people in Slack actually were saying, hey, this is really funny. And it is. Like it's, oh, it's kind of, there's a couple of jokes in it. No, I, I mean, more like, or less, you, like couldn't couldn't smile through the like intense queeze. Yeah. I don't know. For me, for me, horror and comedy are so are so related. And so like I would laugh at something as a way to cope with it. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah, because then, you you see some just incredibly outlandish things like Junji Ito believes that every person is made of uh, silly putty, or they can be. Yes, like it, there were, we're all the one conditions bad are day right. away from. Yeah, yes, we're one bad day away from regressing to our silly putty stage. Hey, hey, um, hey Gary, do you see that crazy hole over there? I, <laughs> I, it was made for me. The uh, uh, I like and and that stuff works for me. And mm-hmm. like so, I guess what I'm getting at is that like if you just find it funny, mm-hmm. I don't think this is like a good book. Right. Right. Like if if this isn't scaring you on some level, I think it's just goofy. Yeah. You know, but like it, it works on me in a real big, bad way. Yeah. Um, I can just, you know, in that way that I can imagine it's just not working for somebody too. Yeah. And you know, unless you think that it only works on the gross out kind of side of things, this will make you paranoid. Like this is, this, this is a work of just like claustrophobic paranoia. Yeah, for me. Yeah, those are those are the kind of the the two two primary themes are like, you know, the the horror of like when you when you see like a uh, wound or something like that, you see like an arm broken the wrong way, mm-hmm. and and just that visceral like oh bodies don't work that way. Yeah, like it, it kind of sets you into that state, and you you are in that state for the entire read. Mm-hmm. You know, like oh bodies don't work that way. That's yeah. you know unnerving to watch, um, and it kind of does that. It utilizes that to great effect while also having kind of a grander, you know, uh, atmosphere and story. Like, it, it's like the, the actual, like, the plot of this is the weakest part, I think. Once it decides um, to start having a plot, it's really, uh, uh I think that's, that's when, when it's it falls like, down. It, yeah. Yeah. That's why I think it's, it's, it stops it from being a, a great work and makes it instead like 100% mandatory, interesting, and effective, mm-hmm. but not 
you know, one of the greatest things we've like, it doesn't feel cohesive enough for me yeah. to put it there. Um, but it does, uh, boy, does it do the things it does better than just about anything. Yeah. I put it up you know, there. It because, just doesn't do everything. <laughs> I put it up there because it's very effective and it is so incredibly inventive that yeah. like it, it to, to me, like the, the, the power and number of the ideas kind of, kind of overwhelms any need for me to see them connected in a very satisfying way. Yeah. 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 I can, I can definitely, uh, I can see that. So yeah, let's get into it. Um, yeah. So uh, Uzumaki is a uh, horror manga uh, by Junjo, Junji Ito, Ito uh, that originally ran in Big Comic Spirits from 1998 to 1999. Yes, and uh, the version that we're reading has been translated, and uh, it is kind of put together into a large uh, Bible-sized uh, uh, hardcover. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's a family Bible from, like, the worst family. <laughs> um, yeah. um, and it is about this town uh, on the coast of Japan called Kuruzocho, uh, which is cursed by spirals. Uzumaki is Japanese for spiral, in fact. Yeah. And, and so we're following kind of two characters here. Uh, one who is clearly um, our, our main character, Kairi. Uh, why is why is it, why is Kairi played for, by Molly Spiralwald? Like, <laughs> no, no, I just put that in there because she is very much like she's pretty bland and has like designated. Uh, she's the she's the designated hero. She's she's an every girl. Yeah, every girl. Like she's go. a girl next door. Yeah. Um, and then her boyfriend, uh, Suichi, um, whose dad is the first one to succumb to the spiral, and who like I kept thinking was going to kind of hog the spotlight and never really does. He just kind of comes um, in at the end and rescues everything. He is the heroic Hikikomori. <laughs> yeah, he's a little Jack Kelso, but like at the very end, and boy, things don't end well for, for anyone involved. <laughs> So yeah, Molly Ringwald and Kelso, uh, they uh, kind of deal with this uh, um, uh, curse of the spiral here in kind of two parts to this story. Uh, the first half is kind of this uh, monster of the week kind of X-Files kind of thing um, mm -hmm. where something horrible happens, like unspeakable. Uh, and there's kind of very little uh, carryover from chapter to chapter. Like there is no plot. It is just Junji Ito has crazy ideas and then shows them to you. This is this part's the best. Yes. This, to my mind, like this is the the best part of the book. Um, it is great. Like uh, every every one of these ideas is imaginative and cool. Um, the weird way that the town doesn't just like start <laughs> committing mass suicide or something. Like the the muted reactions, I think, work really well in that mm -hmm. that kind of Lynchian horror. Well, yeah, the way the, where... the complete dreamlike yeah. uh, nonplussedness. Yeah. yeah, like everyone just kind of not reacting to these things that are just so bonkers. Like uh, this this works so well. Um, the last third of the game where it gets a little bit more plotty um, and kind of ends in a real like, I don't know, uh, like lithosex machina kind of thing. Like it is just like this, uh, you know, there is a thing and it's doing the thing and it's still going to do the thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I, I don't, I don't want to explain, like, I don't want like, you know, aha, I have cursed your town <laughs> with the spiral because long ago only right. straight lines were used in my cage, you know, or something <laughs> like that. I just... I don't know how you'd end a story like this, mm -hmm. um, but it just, it's not, you know, it's not going to end. Like any of the the individual chapter ends where everyone just kind of shrugs at the horror, mm -hmm. um, I think those endings work. I think that it's like the strain of being a larger piece, mm -hmm. you know, like the other, uh, you know, short story things I've read, like I'm really happy to just have them end with like, well, this is just how things are now. Fuck, <laughs> you know, and, and I think that there's an urge since this is such like, it's like a novelistic work to like yeah. have, have an actual you know, pin on it, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, it, I like it a little bit less, but that, that, that's a okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't mind the ending as much, but, uh, that is entirely, I think up to taste. 
Yeah, and we'll, yeah. And we'll talk about it. Like, I don't hate it. Mm-hmm. I just think that it's like I was loving it up until that point, and then mm-hmm. I just had a real like, oh, that's it. You know, like a real shrug <laughs> feeling at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So that last third, um, really, uh, yeah. Like, like, like we said, they, they, they tr- tries to put a bow on it, but, uh, is, you know, has nothing really to do with the first half aside from taking little elements, uh, that pop up every once in a while and then just put it into a post-apocalyptic story. Um, yeah. so the story was inspired by Ito, uh, wanting to write a, uh, to write a story, to create a manga about growing up, uh, in an incredibly long traditional row house, like in one of these Japanese, uh, traditional style houses. And, uh, after seeing a mosquito coil, uh, which Kelso informs us is the best way to, uh, <laughs> yeah, commit arson. <laughs> yeah. To commit yeah. arson. Um, he, uh, he realizes, uh, that, uh, the spiral would be the best shape to do that. And, uh, he seeks to kind of subvert the positive, you know what spirals have been getting a free ride in the media for far too long. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they, they totally have. Like, uh, I was thinking about this. Um, I had a friend, uh, growing up who got like super obsessed with the, the golden ratio. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, which which is a which is a spiral thing, and just like was drawing it everywhere, and 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 it kind of made. That's why I thought of when reading this. I was like, oh, that's like this could have happened to my buddy Greg. <laughs> um, like he could have been a snail boy. Yeah. Um, you know, the yeah. Uh, so yeah. So let's go into it. We're gonna go. There's tons of chapters. We're gonna go through each one, but we're not gonna detail everything that happened because for the first two thirds, as we mentioned, there's no connective tissue. Right. Uh, the story just kind of presents an idea, and we'll kind of talk about it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the spiral obsession. The spiral obsession. This is a two-parter, um, and it kind yep. of sets things up. It introduces us to uh, Shuichi and Kiri. Uh, Kiri is just, again, Molly Ringworld, every, every girl, and Shuichi wants to get out of town because he feels like something is wrong, and his dad is uh, obsessed with spirals to the point where he has worked to curl his tongue in an otherworldly way and move his eyes independently. Yes. <laughs> yep. And... Uh, this uh this kind of introduces something that's going to keep happening with the book where it's using the form really well yeah. to kind of have the equivalent like the the comic equivalent of jump scares right <laughs> like uh, you turn the page and there's just like a crazy reveal oh, I and love that time, so much like every yeah, page I was worried something would be just like yeah right there on my face they do a really good job of it like it is it is using the form uh, in every possible way you know that you can do it so it is it is a plus <laughs> a plus for that um, so uh, Kiri's dad however is a Potter. And, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, Suichi, how are Sh- you saying that? I say Shuichi. Shuichi, um, is, uh, commissions a pot from Kiri's dad, uh, saying pottery is the art of the spiral. At this yeah. point, he's, has a vague unease, but he's not terrified, <laughs> um, which it will eventually happen. Yeah. And this obsession goes so far, um, as to, uh, make the dad, uh, again, Shuichi's dad wants to become a spiral. So we have another one of these crazy scares where you turn the page and he is inside this hot tub having, uh, spiraled himself. Basically he looks like, uh, like soft serve inside of this. He's yeah, he's liquid and, uh, he's been like twirled. Yes. It's like soft serve is a good way. The, um, a lot of depictions of Haster, look mm-hmm. like this hmm. um or like this kind of liquid giant liquid man mm-hmm. um you know haster being the he who should not be named so if this, <laughs> you never hear this podcast that will not be survived <laughs> surprised um so that that's scary enough however uh so when he is cremated um his ashes spiral up uh into the sky and then go fall down you know via rain you know or, right. or through the sky into the this lake at the center of town yeah. similar to uh, return of the living dead yeah um so you get the sense that like there was already the curse but now it's in you know it's in the fucking water 
Yeah. You know. <laughs> and this is the this is the lake at the very center of town that everybody kind of drinks from and lives by. It's the it's kind of the, the lifeblood of the uh, yes. of, of the town here. And this is so traumatized Shuichi's mom that she develops this extreme phobia. She sees uh the her her husband um in every spiral um around her uh to the point where mm-hmm. she is terrified of the whirls in her hair and uh, uh cuts that off and also cuts off her uh her fingerprints in a very scary yeah. like this this makes scissors a scary thing yes and this is uh she ends up in the hospital here at this point yes correct yeah so a couple things i'm going to ask you because i again i don't <laughs> totally remember um because uh what's happening is she's trying to get rid of all the spirals on her body and uh you know, the, there's a, a diagram, like a medical diagram, mm-hmm. uh, that shows the uh, cochlea. And uh, if you if you don't know, that's a weird snail that lives in your ear and translates <laughs> things for you. <laughs> and uh, Shuichi uh, does his best to, like, try to hide this yeah. thing from his mom because, like, oh, this, this ain't going to be great, you know? <laughs> nope. I, it, I, I love that reveal because, like, the doctor is talking and then it's several mm-hmm. panels of, like, zooming in on this yeah. thing. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, I could just picture the film cuts like, no, totally. Dum. Like, yeah, this is this is like he's great at using the, <laughs> the you know, visual language of comics. Like it is it is masterclass, you know, quality and that stuff. Yeah. Um, so with this, you know, he's trying to hide it. However, uh, dad <laughs> comes back as a centipede. Uh, I don't know if it's like a ghost centipede or just a regular centipede. No, no just just like a, a, just a yeah. centipede with his head uh, again yeah, in a spiral. <laughs> yeah, uh, like a man centipede. There's your there's your tie to, to souls. <laughs> Um, he comes back as a Latria man centipede <laughs> and uh, also has a whirl in her IV bottle. It uh, says like, hey, you know, you think you got all the spirals. There's one deep inside your ear, mm-hmm. uh, which that's terrifying. Being scared of something inside your ear is terrifying. Uh, be it anything with the... or like uh, a cochlea. For, 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 okay. So you know how most people are like really upset about stuff happening to their eyes? Yeah. I'm that way about my ears. Oh, sure. Can't everything read Macbeth. everything oh. about, yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, ah, but just the yeah. idea of her taking these scissors and driving it into both her into both her ears to the point, you know, like it doesn't just regulate hearing. Uh, it also regulates your balance. It shows, so she is bedridden and dies shortly after because of this. Well, it's not just her balance. It gives her specifically vertigo, which yes. is a form of kind of the spiral. So she sees, you know, the world is spinning. Right. You know, like she can't escape it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so she eventually dies and that kind of sets off, uh, you know, uh, Shuchi and his character and kind of his, his descent into darkness and is the instigating effect, uh, event in the, in the town leading to the next uh, set of chapters, the scar, um, mm-hmm. where a girl named Azami moves in from a nearby city and she has a crescent scar on her forehead, uh, you know, and it causes all the boys to be obsessed with her. Um, however, this turns into a spiral after Shuchi rejects her. Because he knows that it's secretly a spiral. <laughs> yeah, spiral. The, the town has turned uh, has has turned her into this and kind of amplifies yes. her. She's almost like predatory in this a little bit. Yeah. Like she she does not take a hint. Um, no, and no, no, no. she 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 continues to be alluring because of again this this kind of mesmerism associated with the spiral uh, to this other boy who kind of takes a liking to her. Um, uh, but, uh, she is fixated on Shuichi as this kind of goes on and they go back and forth and the spiral bores into her eye. Yes. I and love... she looks good. Yeah. She looks like the T-1000, mm-hmm. uh, when he gets shotgunned yep. in the face. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't seem to focus my left eye. Like she pulls down a hood and reveals that this is like, just kind of like cut in. It's, it's not like a drill into the side of her head and her eyes kind of like hanging half out of its uh, socket. Anytime somebody has something seriously wrong with them, 
mm-hmm. and then they uh, they say something that you would say if you just have a minor ailment. Mm-hmm. That's great. <laughs> yep. Like I, I can't. It's hard for me to think of other examples, but it happens all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, like oh, I, you know, I can't seem to, uh, you know, I can't seem to to feel my 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 hand, and then like there's no hand. You know, yeah. something yeah. something like that. Um, uh, what what's what's that smell after uh, after after uh, uh, oh gosh, I was about to say after Edward Norton shoots himself in Fight Club. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so she eventually she ends up devouring this admirer she has with her weird spiral <laughs> face mouth. Yeah, like just uh, a, like, like like she's a worm. Like she she drags him in head first, like almost in a kiss. And after after she devours him, uh, the 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 spiral. I have it in the notes here as it unravels her, but it's a little bit more like cosmic than that. It's like a black hole that's like sucking her inward. It's like an Ouroboros completed. Like she just yes. disappears without a trace. And 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 that's her. Like she, yeah, she even literally parts of her body rip off of her mm-hmm. to get sucked into her black hole torso. Yeah, that she has. I have the book in front of me, and now I realize like I can just read along. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we move on to the uh, after this. Uh, the, you know, again, this this is some real horrific shit, and everyone's just like, oh, that's unusual. Huh, wow. You know, and, and yeah, oh, well, another it's, day. It's almost like like there's 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 a sense of denial at this point, like. People are like writing it off as urban legend. I can see that in the margins. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. So we move on to the firing effect. Yes. And uh, Kiri's dad, who may, is the potter, if you recall, uh, starts becoming obsessed with spirals because of what Shuichi's uh, dad said about pottery. Yes. And all of the things that he makes, for some strange reason, we're going to find out in about two bullet points, um, is <laughs> uh, uh, starts developing these these spirals and almost like these screaming face appearances um as he fires them like the firing effect as the as the clay kind of contracts to, as the moisture uh kind of leaves it and then we find out that as he does this at night uh the clay is screaming well and that's because he's getting the clay from the lake yes and yep. shuichi and- finds this out because he comes over for dinner he's been a shut-in ever since his parents died you know just suck it up yep. guy um yep. And uh, he's, he's like, huh, there are spirals on this place. Like, yeah, I made it out of this dead body clay at the center of town. <laughs> yeah, this is the rendered fat of your dad um, you're eating <laughs> off of. So I uh, hope yeah. you, you know, you're, you're good with that. And he sees this dad's face in there. I don't know if that's a hallucination or, you know, it's the town specifically trying to fuck with him. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're, and they're eating spaghetti, too. So it's like already <laughs> spirals. And then the um, even the pottery before it gets faces is so gross and mm-hmm. creepy. Like, it, like it's it's so, uh, so, so something... Um, uh, Talking about this, uh, uh, Jerk Sun Frontiers um, did a uh, Richard did a video on uh, the fishing village recently, mm-hmm. and he talks about Ido being kind of called one of the heirs to Lovecraft, and like this is one of those ways in which he is, you mm-hmm. know, that I see, where like he's visually representing um, objects that unnerve you mm-hmm. really successfully. Yeah, like well, you know, the you know Lovecraft is often you know it's it's, it's called unfilmable, like it's unfilmable cin- cinema, and as we'll talk a little bit about at the end, um, there's a movie for Uzumaki that is not very well liked, <laughs> right. Um, and because it is kind of an unfilmable thing, but yeah. he does a really good job of like, this is just pottery, but like, boy, is it unnerving to look at. Yeah. Like in the like gestalt, it's just organic you, <laughs> and like, yeah, as a whole, you look at it and say, Hey, that's a pot, but in the details and in just in the, in the, like the suggestions of the curves of these things, um, yeah. it, it, it takes on this kind of alien, um, this alien aspect. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Mm. Um, yeah, so uh, Shuichi uh, hears, uh, you know, that the you know, that he's uh, of these plates, and he tries to stop him. Um, however, uh, because the you know the the uh, pots are freaking out, the souls are being burned. Um, <laughs> the cottage eventually burns down, 
And dad still digs up the pots. He still <laughs> needs them. Yeah, and like he, he fishes them out of the ashes. Um, yes. So it is it is starting to spread. This is not, you know, just this strange girl who came from out of town and Shuichi's dad. Like, it is slowly going into other more kind of stable um, pillars of the society. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then also kind of going to the bottom as well, because in Twisted Souls, we find out about these people who are living in these kind of ancient row houses that are spotted all throughout the town. And there's like a little bit here about how like, yeah, they're there, but you don't really notice them. You never really think about what's going on inside. And we get a little Romeo and Juliet story. Yes. Yeah. Where there's two kids who live there and their their parents hate each other, um, primarily through like <clears throat> economic insecurity that I feel like kind of culturally doesn't quite translate. Right. Um, as well as it should be this kind of shame of poverty and mm-hmm. and kind of family name yeah. um so uh eventually um you know these uh they, they see these two snakes making love and they get twisted together and then after you know this this romeo and juliet story kind of comes to a climax uh the boy gets hit so hard that his body starts to twist yeah like his, his and, dad uh, gets him like trying to smack some sense into him and like boy that's a fear of mine as well like hitting somebody so hard that their neck twists around and snaps. oh sure yeah yeah which could happen. I know, right? Um, my, my body is a weapon. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, um, I had a, one of my friends, I, I once uh, shook him as a joke once, and he convinced me that I snapped something and he couldn't move. Oh, and he Jesus. convinced me for like 20 minutes. Like I was like, <laughs> he didn't tell me until I was going to call 911. Oh, God. Um, yeah. Because I, yeah. like, I was like, you're, you're fucking with me. He's like, I'm not fucking with you. And then he like, he, he really, really poured it on. <laughs> yeah. um, it was like that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah he, he he twists around and you know this this kind of instigates his his greater transformation right as yes. he kind of like intertwines um with his uh with, with his girlfriend um you know she she is transformed by this as well and they're by the beach and this is kind of funny and sweet to me like this this is not as scary uh i think as some of the other endings because they're together and they just kind of like spiral off as this big kind of spout into the sea yeah i I think that this is trying to cash or the ending kind of tries to cash on on that as well Mm -hmm. um i don't think it's necessarily as scary but i didn't find it funny like it's not it's like this just ended up feeling like kind of like it's like if you sit down and, and you think of, like you sit down with a pen, pen and paper and wrote down every single way that a spiral could express itself. Um, this this one would be on there, yeah. You know, but it, it's it's this is not my favorite story in the the thing. Right. It's like all right, you know, I yeah. gotcha. It, and it feels like that was part of the like part of the process for Ito actually because yeah, like one hundred percent he uses every part of the buffalo here. One hundred percent, every part of the snail gets used, like <laughs> literally and figuratively. Like it is. Uh, uh, I think that's definitely the case, and I think that you know I could see this being here as kind of just foreshadowing for the ending mm-hmm. you know like this just ends up needing to establish that there's this weird positive side to things yeah like they're like this Not this sh- is this is how love is affected like we've seen how we've seen how like jealousy is manifested we've seen how obsession is manifested like this is this is kind of taking this base symbol and then applying it in extremes to people's bodies and minds yeah, I, I don't even know if he started from a place of emotion so much as just like, hey, snakes wrap around each other. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. I think they're they're mostly come from visual cues. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, yeah. I think that like if you want to project uh, some kind of like greater thematic resonance, I think there are the different emotional frames. Mm-hmm. But I, it's hard for me to imagine him starting with that. I think I can, it was just literally like what spirals. I don't think he started with that. I think I think that he 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 thought what spirals and then what what resonates with that. Like, how can I match these up in kind of poignant ways? Yeah. And and to, to varying degrees of success, like the the visual and horror aspects always work. Mm-hmm. The emotionally resonant aspects don't, in my yeah. mind. Um, but in this case, like it's it's fine. 
Yeah. You know, but luckily we're we're moving on to something something weirder mm-hmm. uh, here with the Medusa chapter. <laughs> this this so. is like this is the most anime thing in this. And you know, notice that at the beginning of this, we didn't hem and haw about liking uh, a manga or anime thing, <laughs> like we did oh, no. with like with Berserk. Like this is uh, like I, I I can't even like say that. Like this is just a good thing. It doesn't matter what yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. In in reminding myself of this this chapter, uh, looking through it, this is dumb anime bullshit though. <laughs> this is the one chapter where it's like, okay, a bunch of schoolgirls fight with magic hair. Like, give me a goddamn break. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that's not cool. Although although you know, it, it should be said that like it's nice to get. It was nice to see some variety. If he just kept hitting the same note over and over again, uh, it oh, really sure. it really would have been like just too much. I think. Well, and also, cur- hair can be curly. Like he has to like literally everything that can be a spiral has to be checked off. And I'm not saying that as a dismissive thing. Like he's exploring every variation on that idea. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, yeah. in in this, um, you know, there, there's a, a boy who jumps off this roof to get attention and, uh, and Shuji thinks it's spiral related, spiral related because, uh, he thinks everything is spiral related <laughs> specifically to mesmerism. Like it is, he has been, somebody has been mesmerized yes. uh, by this. Um, yeah. you know, if you, if you imagine the old hypnotist twirling the, uh, the, you know, the, the penguin from Batman 2. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and uh, Kyrie, uh, you know, our main character, this is the first time it's directly affected her body. Um, her hair starts growing into a spiral and uh, develops a life of its own, drawing everyone's attention. Hence the um, but, title Medusa. Yes. Um, yeah. She does not want the attention, but it is coming anyway. Yes. And it kind of like stands up. It's very snake-like. And it kind of gets yes. bigger and bigger and grows out. And like, again, we get that uh, dreamlike disinterest as like, all right, well, I guess that's just what she's what, what she is now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and another girl who actually wants the attention starts a hair on hair battle uh, with her. And they, it is the, like the most anime thing in the book. Um <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So as, they, they, they get into a hair fight. They trade blows with this and like like they're like it's the hair that is fighting, like not them, you know, really. Like yeah. you know uh, gosh, Kiri has no interest in in perpetuating this and, and her, any you know, of it. yeah, like yeah. And, and like nothing. Um and like the other girl is jealous, but really it's the hair that is like taking this and amplifying it. And yes. um, you know, uh Shuichi recognizes that this is actually like the hair is animating itself by sucking the energy out of the host. And so he cuts off Kiri's hair while as the other girl, the jealous girl, um, is wrapped around a light pole and uh uh the the, the process is complete, the parasitism is done, and she is skeletonized. Yes. Um yeah, and that, that's really it with that. <laughs> uh moving on to uh to Jack in the Box here. Um, so the town stops cremating bodies. Uh, so a couple of corpses too late, but you know, uh, there are these smoke spirals and people are starting to make uh, boring practical responses to this, uh, in their muted reaction. Um, and they start burying them. Yeah. Um, which is, uh, you've got a note here and I did not do this research, but that mm-hmm. is an unsettling thing for Japanese people. Yes. The, they, they, they tend to cremate based on what I understand. I know that like this was all Uzumaki related research and like, Oh, why are they so like weirded out by that? Um, yeah. I, I, I'm not, casting a general assumption about japanese people this is something that came up and like you're famous for <laughs> right yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, as as i do um no uh, but like just uh that i i can see that like it take it on its face it's weird that we put people's body and bodies in the ground i don't want to turn yeah. this into a religious or spiritual discussion but it is pretty weird um absolutely 
Yeah, um, but uh, uh, kind of related to this, uh, a boy, or unrelated for, for now, a boy named Jack has taken an interest in Kiri and kind of has been uh, has been her shadow uh, since grade school, kind of her her unwanted admirer. And uh, he shows this affection in a very childlike way, jumping out from behind cars or, you know, behind walls or around corners trying to start, startle her. Start, you know, mm. like, I'm, I'm pulling your hair because I like you. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, he, he's, he's, uh, he's, you know, fairly obnoxious. She continues to turn him down kind of over and over until eventually he throws himself in front of a car uh, and is wrapped <laughs> I, around the axle. I saw somebody do this in TV. Yep. <laughs> Um, so he had, he had given her this gift and she opens it and it is of course a Jack in the box, right? Uh, which turns into a haunted Jack in the box <laughs> and, uh, tells her that it's her fault. Yes. And stuff. And um, this is enough, uh, uh, to convince her and Shuichi to go do some good old fashioned grave Robin. Yep. Um, so they head there and he pops out of his, uh, his grave, um, <laughs> and starts coming after them in whatever the, like the, the jumping kind of undead thing is like that's what it reminded me of i know that's a chinese thing that's like chinese vampires right i think um but yeah. i think there's a jumping undead thing and i, I don't know i'm spring not spring jack <laughs> no jumping undead yeah like, you know, so, so nothing like spring heel jack um in in specifically in japanese or chinese culture mm-hmm. um yeah, so no spring heel jack being a weird uh i don't know is that like a some kind of urban legend that uh, I th- not that not, not what i mean i think it's from um, the british isles no i'm just yes. i was being flipped um okay yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there's something like that. Um, and I think that the, the, this is our reference to that. Yeah. Um, I could be wrong, though. Yeah. But so. he, uh, the, the, this is kind of a terrifying chase scene. I love the way that everything is kind of composed. Like, you can really get a sense of the arcs that he's doing. Like, this is how he moves from this kind of like spring that is sticking out of the lower half of his body. And yeah. as he's going along, like it is ripping his body apart, like things are falling off of him. And it's almost like he, like inexplicably he's stitched together. Like I don't, maybe, maybe like the mortician did that for an open casket funeral. I don't know, but yeah, no, it, that's, that's definitely, I think there's a line about that. Ah, yeah. They put him back together so he could be in the, the you know, in a regular funeral, even though he still looks terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so the, the, the tire spring that fused with his spine, like this is almost like, this is just like a ghost story. Yeah. yeah. You know, this is like a zombie story. Um, things get super weird next. And this is where the book comes alive for me. <laughs> me too. This is, uh, this is one of the most upsetting chapters, I think. Absolutely. Like this is, this is the best. Yeah. Uh, so th- this is the snail. Yes. And there's this uh, slow, unpopular boy named Katakama. And uh, he only shows up when it rains, I guess, just because of themes. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can do that yep. in here. And everyone's just like, oh, huh. Okay. He doesn't show up for school. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, he, he's he's real slow. Yeah. And he's, he's got kind of a dopey expression, like, you know, just something, something's off about the kid. I love his, I love his face. Like, I love everything about the way he is drawn pre-transformation. Mm-hmm. Like, he looks like the thing he turns into before he turns into it. Right. Like, like so much so that it's like actually almost outside of the style a little yeah. bit. Like, he's, he, there, there's already something off and other about him. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So he, he gets beat up and, and bullied because he's the sweaty slow kid, um, a pain I know well. And uh, <laughs> the, the bullies yank off his shirt in the locker room and they find a big spiral on his back. And he kind of like just crawls away like, like on his front. Yeah. Which is new. Like, like he's just dragging dick. Yeah. Like, no, no. The, and you yeah, get Empatigo, bro. <laughs> like, that ain't going to go well for you. Yeah. No, no. And he's leaving a tree. He's leaving a trail of something behind him. And yeah. You know, if you're, <laughs> if you're dry. Like, yeah. No, he's just, uh, he's just, uh, slicking some pre on the locker room floor. I don't know. Yeah. Just like, just a probiotic mess. Like, um, <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, um, he, he goes away. And then over the course of the next week, um, he slowly starts transforming into into a snail. 
He's like, so I love the implication because he's just like, he apologizes for it. You know, he says like, oh, it's swelling. You know, yeah. like he's, there's the doing, turning into a snail person, which is something that's going to become a theme in this. Yeah. Um, affects your mind as well as your body. Mm-hmm. Like it's making you placid and even more <laughs> passive. Yeah. And this is like passive town, Japan. Like this is the most <laughs> passive area in the world. And it's making them even more passive. Placid. So as it continues to grow and grow and grow, eventually he comes in as like a full snail man. Yes, um, except for his face and the transformation finalizes and culminates by him kind of climbing up the side of this building and then very like noisily like on, uh, sprouting yeah. eye stalks. Yeah, his eyes and people like are kind of, you know, shocked by this until eventually they're just like, well, we got to do something. Let's <laughs> knock him off the side of the wall with brooms. <laughs> Um, and then and just put and then put him in like a goddamn like a, in a, a, like a, a shaved pen yeah yeah in like pen to, to feed him lettuce and then the kids still tease him yeah like it's, it's crazy he's he like he might as well be the school mascot at this point the the Caruso show fighting snails it is it's one hundred percent what it is and like I watched um some of the I watched some clips from the movie and like yeah. this kind of happens in the movie like this is one of the scenes they actually do yeah. where they have like a news report of people watching these snails crawl up the building and like dude. Let's say, like, Cole, you go in to record the, the level at one point, and Merkel is slowly turning into a snail. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, Merkel's a snail, right? <laughs> like, you wouldn't do this. I was going to ask what you do, but I couldn't think of a, like what the right answer is. But you wouldn't do this. Like, you wouldn't oh, be like, okay, Merkel, you live in my yard in a thing, and I'm going to let bullies poke you, and that's that's it. But Merkel I'd, the snail boy. I'd either donate him to science, or I would uh, salt him and put him out of his misery. Yeah, yeah. Salting him would be great because <laughs> um, the, the, he's he's a, a it, it is a you know he would not want to live. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, also, I like you continuing the trend of having horrible things happen to Ben in your hypotheticals. <laughs> he's he's my stock uh, stock level <laughs> protagonist. Um, so so the bully turns into uh, a snail too, and uh, they eventually they throw him in there with him. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, like, well, I guess now you have a friend. <laughs> You know, what's good for the geese and like so that they, they have a friend and then they uh they, they, they escape uh to go make weird snail love in the woods yeah uh eventually I, lay eggs i forget do they do they show the like the like the weird spear like going in like oh or he's attacking him no wait he's actually making love or am i just making this even weirder in my head um i don't remember let yeah. me see if i can find the uh the page um they they show them kind of gooing together i don't know if there's mm. a spear but they show them kind of making out a little bit yeah uh, uh, never, yeah they show, they show them make out okay uh, n- uh never <laughs> never look up uh photos of how snails uh yeah. mate. it's very gross um but yeah like they and then they escape like obviously they could <laughs> apparently snails can't climb on chain lake fence uh yes. but um they they run off into the woods and the teacher's like well we can't let this happen because they're obviously uh they're obviously bumping gooey uglies um yeah. And, and, we, and we don't want them breeding, which like, but the, the, it just feels like it's a level of concern that's like 17 steps past where you <laughs> should be. Like, yes, you don't want them breeding, but aren't there things you don't want before that? Yeah. Like, like how did it get to this point? Yeah. We're like, we're like, did it just take you this long to find your torch and pitchfork? Like, come on, dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, good night. Um, and I can't remember when it happens. I think it's not yet, though, where people are just like, oh, shit, move. Like let's get. I think at this point you can still leave. No, it's like it's only the uh, you. You can still. I think you can still leave at this point. It's only after the storms that they, that they make a point of saying you can't get out. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it is. It is bonkers. Um, <laughs> so they find the eggs and they crush them. Yes. Um, 
but the, you know, so the teacher does that, and the teacher actually gets infected and becomes a snail man too. Yeah, which like uh, this left me confused. Like, is this actually a physical contagion? Like, you know, often the margins of things we're not saying is like usually towards the beginning of a chapter, Suichi will have like a like a hypothesis about the way this spreads. Like, yes. you know, he refers to it as a contamination uh, is usually what it is. Like, he refers to it as like an infestation. Like, something is kind of like creeping in and worming its way in at the edges and in the cracks. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, this really made me think like, oh, man, anybody who's touched anybody who has a spiral, like I thought this was kind of going towards like a zombie kind of thing. Oh, sure. When in reality, it's far more uh, symbolic. than that. Yeah, it, it's symbolic. And but then also just kind of like as the as the creep demands. Yep. Uh, so moving on to to one of the my you know less less favorite ones, uh, the Black oh, wow. White House. Huh. Yeah, I, I don't I don't care for this that much. Um, it's like it's kind of interesting, but just not enough. Like after the snail one, like I just, you know. I was ramped up for weird shit <laughs> and not really, not that much weird shit happens in this yeah. one. We'll get Well, like there are like some of the other, some of the better weird shit is right after this, but this is, yeah. this is I, like I, I marked this, this one as plot important when I was making my notes, like, Oh, this, this sets up something about the town. And actually this is where we start getting some continuity. Like the results of this lead into the next several chapters. Yeah. 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 So, so I can get that. I can, I can get behind that, but it, keeping in mind that like, the interconnected stuff is is not my favorite stuff in general. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm here for weird snail people. Like, I came for the snails. <laughs> I'll leave for the snails. Um, and, it's, and none of it is, is a chore. Like, when I say it's one of my less favorites, it's just literally because it's bookended by two of my favorites. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so there's an abandoned uh, lighthouse in the town. Yes, and, and uh, every night at dusk, it kind of bursts out these starry night beams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they're, they're kids that go to explore it, but they keep climbing and climbing and climbing. And as they do, they find charred bodies of adults yeah. who had uh, disappeared there before. <sighs> the idea of an infinite lighthouse, man. Just like we keep yeah. going until it decides that we that it wants us to get to the top. Yeah. Mm. There, there's um in uh, uh, boy, uh, Astoria, Oregon, mm-hmm. there's a, uh, like, a, it's not a lighthouse, but there's like a tower in the middle of town you can climb that mm. feels goes goes on forever and like it just inside that's what this is like yeah you just kind of go up it and it's it's a really long way it's not forever but it just <laughs> feels like it feels infinite like you can be in the middle look up and look down and not really you know you can see because it's you know it's lit in there but if it were mm-hmm. like the lighting was a little bit lower it would effectively be infinite yeah and uh it's a it's a kind of a spooky location <laughs> nice um i also dig this because it's one of the first indications that you know th- this is not just evil that's within people like everything so far has been something even you know that has happened to a person this is the first kind of indication that this is an evil place yes right yeah and i dig that like i i love a story about an evil place yeah 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 but um, as they get to the top and they get to, you know, the the, the actual room where the light is housed, um, this is a weirdly technical thing about lighting and about uh, and about optics. But the Fresnel lens, which is normally a bunch of uh, concentric circles kind of etched into um, a round glass surface, has melted and turned into a spiral. Mm, really, like, dog? You're going to talk yeah. about a Fresnel lens? <laughs> yeah, it's a, that was on the list. Like, it's a possible spiral um, or spiral-like thing. It looks just like a big goo monster. Yeah. Like, it, it's melted glass, but it just looks like a slime monster. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they get up there, um, you know, they realize, like, oh, shit, like, great heat must have caused this. Mm-hmm. Um, let's get out of here. So so Kiri and her brother barely escape. Um, right. But uh, one of the, another boy gets baked alive. Yeah, like, they're chased down this infinite, uh, this infinite lighthouse spiral staircase by a wall of flame. And yes. um, uh, Kiri is kind of knocked out of commission by this. She is bruised and, you know, burned and scarred and all of it, although, you know, still pretty all throughout. Um, yes. and uh the, the the same thing happens every night at dusk like just the like the, I, I want to uh like just make a 
combination of all of the final panels like oh, because yeah. all of them are just a declarative statement about the way things are now yeah i like it a lot <laughs> yep um and, and they would all these the monster of the week ones would work as just individual like similar to the this hole was made for me or the one where mm-hmm. the thing washes up on the beach yeah like the the, the Edo short stories online that you can find online which i highly recommend yeah like those are wonderful this this hole was made for me is great oh, the, um, the the enigma of amigara fault yeah, that, that's so good. Like, it's it's one of my my favorite. One of the first, like, specifically manga things that I saw that I was like, oh, like, oh, this this isn't school girls fighting with their hair. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this isn't like super magical, you know, school girl police squad. Like, this yeah. is actually like, this is amazing. That's that's yeah. so crazy because I had the same experience. Like, I remember reading the Enigma of Amigara Fault, like, in the common hall of my college. Like, and my, okay. my only previous, just like it was in between classes classes and somebody on essay was talking about it. I was like, huh, this is really cool because my only exposure to this kind of stuff has been like Toonami up to this point, yeah. you know, and yeah. like Toonami was cool. Like I liked the stuff that I watched on it, but like this, like this felt like, uh, pardon me, it felt like it was made for me. You yeah. know, and so yeah. to, you know, I, I didn't associate Ito with the Enigma of Amigara, Amigara Fault until much, much later. Um, yeah. when i knew kind of like what the body of his work was and who he who he influenced but like yes like this is this is like standout level stuff yeah well i'll take a moment now to to mourn for the loss of a playable trailer um <sighs> silent hills man yeah silent hills um even though like i like the uh uh so it's it's ito who are who are the principals it in was that? it was it was ito um uh guillermo del toro and yep. hideo kojima yeah, I think Kojima would have fucked it up. I feel like Kojima, one hundred percent. Huh? Like I, like I mean, there's, there's no way that that would be an additive presence. I guarantee huh. it. It would have just made it crazy and not work. So, well, but the rest of it, it would have been interesting. I disagree. So, <laughs> but, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think that yeah, I think that you are uh, less sick of that dude's stuff than I am yeah. um, at this point. But I'm also like I'm in the perfect position to be sick of it because like I'm playing a game I really enjoy, and every time his stink shows up, like it's taking me away from the part I like. Yeah. Even though I just I just got to the hospital stuff and that's kind of cool. Yep. Anywho, um, yeah. Moving on from that digression, uh, let's talk about mosquitoes. Yes. Uh, so this uh, this starts picking back up with some monster of the week kind of stuff, um, and it's the last hurrah really before things start getting uh, get, getting really plotty. Um, yeah. So Kiri is hospitalized, and over the course of this summer, as she is laid up, there is this kind of uh, epidemic of these mosquitoes um, all over town that are flying in these very loose, languid spirals. Yes, or or these kind of like uh, uh, clouds of them. Yes, that move through too. Like that's that's something that's going on, and uh, people are being found covered with these like huge holes yes. that would be way too big for a mosquito. Like they look like uh, you know, and uh, all their blood has been drained. Yes, so everyone just kind of you know the big towns collective shrug about this, um, <laughs> and at the same time, uh, Kiri's cousin uh, who's pregnant stays with her in the room while she's recovering from her injuries, and uh, at night, uh, Kiri witnesses all of the pregnant women um, <laughs> who have been bitten by mosquitoes going out with hand drills and massacring <laughs> people to take their blood. Yeah. Oh God, just those hand drills there's a there's a really wonderful wonderful frame uh that uh, is not paid off for like until you know halfway through the rest of the chapter where like somebody is is like handed this thing that is wrapped in cloth like hey what's Mm -hmm. that oh nothing yeah (laughs) it's like oh well uh that 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 won't come back but then it totally does and again a hand drill what's on a hand drill gary Oh, it's a, a spiral, a, a handle. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> you, can't yeah. Use, you can't use something without a handle. 
Your ears get touchy, yeah. Um, no, but um, again, I, I love the idea of them becoming different people at night and then going out and feasting. Like during the day, yeah. nobody notices anything that's off, but you know, specifically because it's pregnant women, they are nourishing their young. Exactly, they like the way the mosquitoes do. Like yeah. they're feeding feeding their babies blood. Um, something that's been a sub kind of plot throughout this whole thing that's going to be important later. So I want to make sure I mention it is uh, Shuchi. And who has been kind of in the margins, uh, he's kind of become a recluse, but he's been stepping in to kind of help out Kiri. Yes. And steer her away from stuff when possible. And he's been, like, if there's anybody who's the voice of reason in town, yeah. like, it's been him. And I like, love the way they subvert that because they set him up as having a mental break because of the trauma that happens in the first, the yeah. first two chapters. Yeah. But really, he's just being the one person who's, he's the last thing. <laughs> yeah. you know? He is the only person who is responding appropriately. <laughs> Yes, um, for sure. So, like, it is. Uh, he's been here, and he, and that's just. I don't want to make it seem like he comes out of nowhere, right? When he yeah. comes back into the story. No, he's he, he's um, he's usually serving as kind of like Deus Ex Machina, and like it yes. makes it kind of kind of like beautiful because like the the story opens with him urging uh, Kiri to get out of town, and his continued presence is only because of her. Yeah, like like every time he shows up, it is a sacrifice. He's the reason why he leaves his house, right. and it's it's a big deal. It's like when. Uh, 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 what's his head leaves the house and better call Saul. Right. Um, yeah. The, um, uh, yeah. When, so and, when Lenny leaves the house. Yeah. Lenny, you know, he was, uh, he was missing look. Squiggy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Lenny was missing yeah, yeah. Hello. Yeah. So, 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 <laughs> squiggy. What does squiggy, squiggy sound like? Squiggle. What's a squiggle? So, a spiral. Oh yeah. gosh. Lenny and spiral. <laughs> hello. 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 Is spiral. Um, is, is squiggy at the heart of the lake? I think so. I, I'm just imagining a, a recontextualization, recontextualizing of uh, Better Call Saul, where like his brother is scared of going outside because of spirals. Like you, could, you could probably recut like a trailer for that that focused on him, where he just looks outside and sees, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, mosquito coils. Oh my gosh! Have Vince Gilligan directed Uzumaki uh, um, uh, like miniseries? Oh, that'd be pretty good. Yeah. Any anybody doing a miniseries, that would have been the way to adapt this. Oh yeah. Like I think like uh, so. Um, Anywho, uh, uh, the Shuichi gives her a bug spray in this one mm-hmm. specifically, which like will drive off these pregnant ladies, <laughs> and uh, and in the end, the big twist is that like it's all the ladies looking happy and nursing their bellies, <laughs> and uh, they needed blood for the babies. In several days, these babies, nourished by human blood, would be born. Um, dun, dun, dun. Uh, like, what did you expect? Well, uh, this is uh, I expect this next chapter to turn my stomach really really uh, hard oh my gosh this is upsetting the umbilical cord yeah um, which uh, can sometimes be a spiral uh, <laughs> so, so these, baby, the babies are born yes the babies are born and they're so sweet everybody is cooing and admiring them for being such such wonderful little things but there's something wrong with their bellies like there are these w- weird bulges uh, uh underneath uh their, their their clothes right yes and uh the, around the same time totally disconnected the hospital starts serving these weird mushrooms to everyone yeah and again, food. everybody's raving about them like oh gosh they taste like meat they're so savory and like the mushrooms do kind of taste like meat but like i i don't kind of eat like a haunted thing that uh, i don't know like where it came from in this situation where it's like everyone if i'm in a place where everyone just starts eating something i'm gonna be scared uh, in general and that, that, that instinct will pay off here um <laughs> so- so you never go to any restaurant that somebody recommends. Oh my gosh, their canapes are just it, out of this world. 
if everyone's eating the canapes or if the canapé <laughs> tastes like what a canapé what not should taste. <laughs> yeah. But the, the next detail, goddamn fucking scary, where where uh, Kiri starts overhearing the babies talking about returning to the womb. <laughs> I picture them with like really ah. deep voices like, ah, yes, I, I, I yearn for the placid waters of my mother's womb. And it's like it's the kind of thing where like, again, when I was talking about it's possible to think this is goofy. Like, this mm-hmm. is a detail that, like, if you're in the wrong headspace for it, like, you think that's goofy that babies are talking about it. But, like, this this just ended up being really unnerving to me. Yeah, like, Kirstie like, Alley is not involved in this at all. No. No, 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 no. Not so whatsoever. Yeah. So, yeah, and they need the doctor's help to do this. <laughs> and the doctor has been brainwashed by just these delicious foods. Yeah. Yeah. And and just these uh, these mushrooms. Yeah, uh, these mushrooms, which are growing wherever any piece of the umbilical cord has found purchase on the floor. And these mushrooms, I can picture them swaying when I look yeah. at when I look at these frames. And like, you know, mushrooms are otherworldly. We talked about that in the uh, in the in the uh, Bloodborne season, as you know, we talked about like mm-hmm. the moral mushrooms and the peanut head kind of things growing up. But like the idea of these things on stalks, like this is very much like it feels like it is it is imagery that has been taken and put into other stuff that I like. Yeah. Yeah, and they're just gross-looking mushrooms. And, like, yes. you can imagine the smell in the room, like, just that kind of, like, I don't know, like, raw chicken smell or something. Like, yeah. just some, something gross and blood. Um, yeah. So, eventually, you know, Carrie finds that room full of mushrooms, and the doctor has put her cousin's baby back in her through sewing her into her, like, her stomach. Like a reverse cesarean, almost? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And... yeah, not the not the reverse cesarean that caused the ending of Catch-22 to be so <laughs> confusing. It uh, <laughs> ends as it begins. Oh gosh, yeah. over over Avignon. Oh, it's yeah. so cold. It's so cold. Put me back in my mother's womb. Um, <laughs> my sold the morphine. No. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, so now the mom, uh, you think that she's just gonna die and that's gonna be the scary thing, but she just didn't turn into a spiral blood monster. Yeah, and she grows uh, a mosquito's proboscis. Uh, yes. and uh, uh, proceeds to kind of drain the people who are transfixed by these mushrooms. Like Kiri has has thrown open the door, and you know the the, the cousin is has devoured the the the, uh, the the doctor, and these these other patients like ah yes we must come in. And there's these shots of these patients just munching down on these mushrooms as like the cousin looms over her. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, shudder. Big so bad shutter. Good. And that makes this yeah. next chapter just such a weird wet fart. Like this, this should have been a lost chapter. Like this is as dumb as the lost chapter at the end of the hardcover. That's the thing, is like just the a lot of the chapters where I feel like they're explicitly just putting places in, you know, for the plot. Uh-huh. Just are just weird. Like they just don't uh it's not like I, I don't want to sound like I'm just like I only can handle horror when it's about scary spirally things. Mm-hmm. I'm not obsessed with the spiral. I just think that like the, uh, uh, it's just like, there's a bigger idea. Like nothing really happens here that feels noteworthy. It's mm. important to move the plot, but it feels like setting pieces in place. And also like, this is like this, this increases the scale in a way that makes things a little bit less interesting. Yeah. To me, like all of a sudden, like, Oh, there's a hurricane here. And yes, hurricanes on their face are very scary. Yes. Hurricanes are also spirals, but like the execution of it, like it really should just be like a time skip after this, which is like, Oh, so hur- hurricanes have descended upon the town. And then all of a sudden, like this is, you know, this is a completely different story. Yep. 
You know, like, I, I don't need Kiri walking around oblivious by the fact that she is in the center of this of this hurricane. Like, she's in the eye, mm-hmm. and she's unaware of the fact that this hurricane is following her and calling her name until Shuichi shows up. And when he tells her, like, hey, this is happening, they go and hide, and then the hurricane throws them into the lake. Like, yeah, I no, really it, don't it, need that. <laughs> no, and that, that's really all that happens. It's pretty yeah. boring. Um, you know, we get we get into cooler stuff coming up, yes. um, which is nice. Even though, like, I think this is probably the fulcrum on which the book, like, the the first half is, I think, is stronger than the second half. The second half is still great. Mm-hmm. There's still great stuff coming up. Yeah. But I think that, like, this, the storm chapter is probably the fulcrum on which the book turns to being, you know, being a, a long form work rather than a collection of amazing short stories. Right. Um, so we're, we're moving on after that to the house. Um, so because because her family, uh, you know, her house was destroyed by this hurricane and she has to move into one of these row houses. And uh, the row houses are not touched by the hurricane. Yes. Um, they are they are immutable. And uh, everybody in her family starts developing these br- blisters that mm-hmm. are super scary yeah. uh, because they end up turning into these little like horns. Yeah. Like these little spikes, these spirally spikes. It's uh, what these remind me of. And I don't, I don't mean to make light of anybody who has this, but like when you when I was in high school or middle school and they showed us pictures of STDs. Um, mm-hmm. like the, the weird little, um, HPV dick. Yeah, okay. yeah, no, like those, <laughs> like, like those dicks. I don't make light of anybody who has one. Oh but... man, but you remember the, you know, these dicks people have? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't see what all the fuss is about. Um, <laughs> I wasn't trying to imply that you don't have a dick. I just was, I just thought it'd be, that'd be a funny swerve for, for yeah. you or my, this horn thing reminding you of that. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> everybody seems to be so crazy about these dicks, but I don't, I don't get it. Well aware of your proboscis. <laughs> <laughs> But, but no, no, like when, when you see pictures of um, uh, anybody who has like an HPV infection, mm-hmm. like the just uh, the kind of the weird calcified growths that kind of come out of it. And obviously that's unchecked and not everybody who has that, you know, manifested that way. But like this kind of hit the same the same note for me. Yeah. Or like it also looks like like vegetable growth. Like I feel mm-hmm. like when you go to the, the grocery store and you go to the produce section, there's some vegetable that looks like this. Mm. You know, like a lot of the things that are happening here look like weird, that weird kind of unchecked and chaotic growth that comes with with fruit, hmm. you know, or, or vegetables. Well, you, um, you're unnerved by plants in general. <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah. Um, that's what I was getting at. <laughs> um, it's, yeah. uh, it's all about everybody turning into plants, right? Uh, <laughs> so, and it's, it's just happening where they touch the floor, too. Yeah. Which it's I really a, love that detail. It's like on their feet or on their back if they're sleeping. Like, they're just in absolute poverty because there's no other place they can go. Yep. Um, so the landlord has been spying on them. Their landlord, who also has a, uh, a, a grandmother there who's covered head to toe, is kind of like a, a rag, rag demalion, uh, tattered demalion. And the, um, eventually the landlord who's been spying on, uh, on Kiri through here, mm-hmm. being a, kind of a creeper, um, busts through the wall, and he's covered head to toe with these things. Yes. Um, kind of taken to their illogical extreme. Yeah, like uh, he looks like an omnicorn. I mean, he doesn't just oh, have yeah. the one horn <laughs> like yeah. it is every square inch of his body is just like just uh, uh, exploding with these keratinous growths. It reminds me of um, like a Resident Evil monster a little bit. Yes. It's yeah. not quite as like gooey and like uh, I mean, specifically you know, like the Iron Maidens from four. Yeah, that's yeah. what that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah. Um, but eventually he, he uh, the wind blows a stake through his neck and some real like Deus, <laughs> Deus Ex, uh, you know, wind. Deus Ex Gustina. Yeah. 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 Um, so moving on to the chapter where everyone decides to finally leave, which they should be doing, <laughs> yeah, which uh, they should have done, but can't. 
<laughs> yeah, but now now it's like oh, people actually try to. Yeah. Um, and this is a this is pretty cool and pretty weird. Yeah. So like the, the this is the abrupt tone shift that I wanted. I wouldn't have wanted to lose the uh, the you know the the house chapter. But mm-hmm. um, there's a time skip here, and you know we shift perspective. Like most of this has been through Kiri or people around her, or you know around her. But um, there's a news crew that is coming in, and some time has passed, and, and nobody who comes to uh, to this town um, is able to uh, ever returns. Essentially, like yeah. this is this is this island. It's a black hole from which nothing can escape. Yes. Um, And uh, the news reporter is separated from her team. And she's being attacked by these kids who we're going to we're going to come to know and love uh, (laughs) who are using the weird um, like this property of the town now where if anything moves quickly, if air moves quickly at all, it creates a whirlwind. Yeah. So these kids can kind of create these whirlwinds like little X-Men's. Yes. Like uh, everybody is an aeromancer now. Yes, they're all airbenders. <laughs> and and uh, any sudden movement will do this, any voice above a whisper, anything mm-hmm. like that. And uh, the newscaster eventually finds all the survivors who are holed up in these houses that won't blow down. Right. Uh, these, the, these row houses specifically, these ones that nobody really noticed before, but now they are kind of the only the only things, you know, on the skyline because everything else is gone and just kind of continuously being repulverized to rubble by the by the hurricanes and by these uh um, by 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 these kids that are, that are going around. I the, the way you described that actually unlocked it for me. Like I love the idea of like nary a sound to be heard except for like oh, yeah. the cracks of these kids, like being yeah. able to hear them from miles away. And the uh, a detail that we missed is that the news reporter actually unties the kids. Oh yeah, she finds them tied up, and you think that like oh something creepy is happening, but they were tied up for safety. Mm-hmm. And when she eventually gets to the row house, they're like you untied them? What the fuck? <laughs> like yeah, this is, the, this is the butterfly gang, <laughs> and, and the butterfly gang fucks shit up by riding around on whirlwinds in another like anime as hell. Yeah, uh, little detail <laughs> yeah. that snuck it into this thing. <laughs> yeah, like kids who control the wind and ride around on tornadoes. This, Pretty kind of dumb anime the, stuff. But they're they're it's like surrounded by cool shit. And when they, it, it, it is surrounded by cool shit, like and when they throw these 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 uh, whirlwinds, it's like they're throwing kamahamahas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're just throwing Dragon Ball uh, um, beams, really, yeah. and destroying whatever they whatever they want. Huh. Yep. Um, and finally, uh, at the end, Shuichi's like, maybe the town is destroying itself to turn into a spiral. Ah, maybe the town is a character. You ever thought yeah, of maybe- that? Maybe maybe uh, maybe spirals have something to do with it. Um, so so good job, Shuichi. Um, so this is now like we're in the post-apocalyptic half of this story, where it's like it's just about this town that has this condition, mm-hmm. and not so much like a monster of the week. Like we're fully in in plot terms, so the, the titles have kind of less to do with individual things. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving to the next chapter, which is chaos. Yes. So um, there are all these kind of like societal changes, like we're looking at the way that uh, the, the, that uh, this, this culture is adapting to these inclement conditions and also things that are, you know, there's happening in individuals. So slow people are turning into snails like Shuichi surmises like, oh, anybody who doesn't move as fast as the town wants is transformed in this way. Whereas uh, these kids who are starving because no aid is coming in um, are starting to steal food. Um, mm. uh, you know, in order to uh, in order to survive, so they're turning to this life of wind crime. Yes, yeah, they go, they go, they solve solve wind crimes or, or cause wind crimes. So we need the wind detective to show up. Um, and like the idea of them turning into snails when they move too slow is really great because like uh, you're encouraged not to move mm-hmm. quickly, obviously, because it causes these whirlwinds that are super dangerous. Um, oh my gosh! So, so if idea- you're not a servant of the town, then it then it punishes you. Yeah. 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 Like it's, if you're not, you know, it's, 
it's you you're kind of damned if you do damned if you don't mm-hmm. um not just because there's no no food um eventually this man finds a, a map of the town in this beam um that you know breaks through this hole in this, this row house this ancient row house that's always been here mm-hmm. and finds that it's a spiral yeah um, the curious family ends up getting kicked out and they kind of wander the wasteland yeah. that was once this town <laughs> until they find the gang and they've been finding snail people and eating them yeah uh, and that's great and really creepy Oh my gosh! Like just immediately, they they they, they justify it. They say, "Well, they're not really people anymore, are they?" So yeah. you know, man, man's got to eat. So the, the, the art on this, mm-hmm. where they're like roasting the shells, and then they pull out the kind of like you can still see the skull mm-hmm. inside. This is suggestion of a skull in like the snail meat. Yep, is goddamn terrifying. It really is. And what's funny is, like, if you if you pay close attention, you'll notice they never really show anybody eating the flesh. Like they like they don't. Mm. There's never really a shot of somebody like mowing down. Uh, there there is. Oh, there's there's a guy who cuts it with a knife and fork, and there's a him taking a bite with a big gulp sound effect. Oh, oh well, you're you're um, looking at it. I remember it being like very squeamish about showing it, but if you're looking at it, then that's that's the thing. I mean, like it doesn't relish in in this act no, of cannibalism. It then it, it doesn't relish it. Yeah, it's um it, it's definitely showing it. Um, but it's not. You're right in that. I know what you're getting at. Like it's not a. It's not the point. It's just kind of this creepy side detail more than anything. Yeah. And so uh, and so just this idea that like, well, now uh, there, there's an extra danger aside from losing your humanity. You are um, kind of at the whim of people who have also lost theirs in a different yes. way. Yep. And, uh, you know, they try to leave, but the gang, uh, the tunnel out of town stops them from uh, from leaving. And then the gang attacks uh, who are the ones who are eating the snail. And you get the sense like, you think you're better than me? Like, you, you don't want to eat, you don't want to eat uh, John? Well, here. <laughs> It's like uh, it's 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 like how uh, how gangs would try to like out a narc. Like, come oh, on, man, are you cool? Yeah, you, take, you take a hit of uh, of Escar Greg. Here. <laughs> Escar Godo. Yeah. yeah. Um, Hawkeye Escargo. Uh, there's a tie-in. Um, but yeah, it, it it does feel like you know it's like well if a cop doesn't take the hit of, of dude, uh, that means you know that you're a cop. Take a hit of dude. <laughs> dude. <laughs> um, so the gang attacks. Uh, however, they get sucked into a lake by a whirlwind, which confused me because it's like, <laughs> is the town like that? Seemed like a, a property of the town like that the, did that, and it's like hard to see who which side the town is on. Like, so I mean, the idea that the it's it's goofy that the hurricanes chase after Kiri and speak her name. It's goofy that the uh, that the town seems to be interested in protecting her. Like, yeah. the, like the, the, that is explicitly one of the goofiest things about the plot to me. Yeah. Is that like, you know, she, you know, like the town almost is like is, is saying, I need somebody to be a witness to this. And it has to be you. And it has to be you yeah. and Shuichi. Yeah. Which is like, it's not like I, I would have been necessarily happier if at the end, you know, a, a ghost explained that, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't I don't need that necessarily spelled out. It just in the moment, it's kind of weird what, what ends up happening. Like I was expecting it to be explicitly lovecraftian where it was ancestral yeah i was expecting it to be like oh like she finds her family tree and she's you know descended from the founder of the town or something yeah. like that like and like, i would have I been fine with that like, like she gets she gets to the core of this and she sees that like all the people like etched into the center are you know like they look like her like she yeah. you know, her, her, her mom and dad are there and then yeah that's what i was expecting yeah. um did not happen Nope. Um, so moving into uh, erosion. Um, so people can't leave. If uh, by land you're actually turning circles and you end up like walking forever and going back to where you came from. If you try to go in the tunnel, it just spirals infinitely. And by sea, your boats get sucked into whirlpools. Yep. So there so, is no escape. They don't explain air, but I imagine tornadoes. <laughs> yes. And they'd have to have a plane. Right. You know, just hanging out. Yeah. 
Um, so the people who are kind of cramming into this row house, we, we mentioned kind of offhandedly that uh, Kiryu's family has been kicked out. Um, they, they were kicked out because it was so crowded. Right. Like, ah, you're yes. not you're not fitting in. You're causing too much trouble. Um, uh, more people have been cramming into these for safety. And again, because uh, Ito thinks that people are made of uh, of silly putty under the right conditions, they're starting to turn into grand falloons. Like inside yeah. of these these row houses are writhing mas- masses of limbs and flesh, you know, just cramming more in and trying to maximize space. And it's amazing. As this happens, um, eventually they, they bust out of the house mm-hmm. and it uses the, si- the sound effect, crick, crick, which I appreciate. <laughs> yep. I, I tweeted um, a picture of that. <laughs> yeah. Crick, crick. Uh, also, is this the point where uh, her brother starts developing spiral back? Uh, that is uh, at the end of the next chapter. Oh, gotcha. or no, at the end of this chapter. Yeah. So they, they run into um, a group of people who have a friend who is a snail mm-hmm. who they're just keeping around as like uh, emergency meat. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like, <laughs> potted you know potted friend to, like, <laughs> they, they keep they keep greg around like i keep a granola bar on my backpack oh uh, it is it is nasty um yeah everybody you know uh everybody's eating snail now yeah like it is yeah. just like well this is this is what we're you know what we're drawn to and then these skull imprints just start showing up on people like it's it's marking people who have decided to make this you know who, who have decided to uh, indulge in that yes yeah um and also carrie's mom blows away like her dad did mm-hmm. yeah and uh and brother's got a case of shell yep. it's coming up <laughs> um so carrie decides to escape because if her brother doesn't get away from here he's going to turn to a snail person and that's a bad scene right so she still has um some measure of hope and shuichi is kind of along for the ride um mm-hmm. with her and as they're going out of town not only do sirens start blaring but also they notice that um uh, from this high vantage point that all of the uh, row houses are kind of arranged in such a way that they could be joined together into a spiral and in fact they see um uh the the people of the town people who are not grand falloons right mm-hmm. are um starting to build out and extend the row house so that they can you know uh, nominally find more protection but they are all existing to serve the force that is at the very center of this yes yep 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 um so she's trying to escape eventually these cannibals the people who who kept around the emergency meet um catch up as her brother uh starts turning and ultimately does yeah like, like ends up happening. there's a great moment where he bursts an eye stalk and then she pushes it back in oh <laughs> <laughs> and the, just the placid expression on the brother's face as all this stuff's happening like mm-hmm. he's not just... smiling quite but he's almost smiling <laughs> i can picture so they, they they still have their mouths i can kind of picture them like just like a like a goldfish opening and closing their mouths very slowly yeah yeah oh yeah Ugh. terrible man oh man but she she's like go go be free and she sends him down a cliffside as they uh come after her and they they succumb to their spiralitis um before mm-hmm. they're able to do any harm at one point one of the guys uh ends up eating one of his friends who's mm-hmm. not the brother and he does it by crawling into the shell oh yeah i forgot about that yeah yeah and it's really creepy and he's just like there's just all these like slurping and munching sound effects Ugh. um and, and the rest of the people are like don't eat all of it save some for us yeah uh, and like- that's when they escape Mm-hmm. Uh, is because the, the this uh, group of uh, cannibals is doing that, and it's disgusting. Yeah, um, yeah. <sighs> they come back and their eyes are changed. They're all bloodshot and everything, and they're talking about like, "Hey, you know, uh, we're gonna we have to get your brother." Um, and when they do it, they're like, "Man, when I was inside that shell, it felt so good." Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, um, and there, there, there's an explicit connection here um, again to to bloodborne. Uh, the uh, the snail ladies in the uh, in the fishing village. 
right yeah. when we see their spiral shells and we see them outside of it like as these bodies are leaving the shells they kind of taper off to this slug-like end yes yeah and so again ding we're gonna find these connections to justify us talking about this cool thing um yes. Gary, in, <laughs> in the experience i was kind of like yeah yeah get on with it i th- I, I think this is all good stuff like ero- like erosion and escape are both really good it's well when you say in when you're into it you're like yeah yeah and then in retrospect it's good mm-hmm. that does it that that speaks to a pacing problem yes it right does. like yeah. yeah it just it just means like it, it's yes on paper the list of things that happen is good <laughs> yeah but the pace has slowed considerably yeah um because the beginning of it is so snappy like because mm-hmm. you're introduced to a new idea constantly mm-hmm. here like the new ideas are really just like eating <laughs> snail people which we've had that idea for a while and then just like, kind of these characters which i am invested in mm-hmm. um but it's just like it's, it's the same amount of like page space. Yeah. So, so just the pacing slows the, down instead of increases is what you expect. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, and uh, oh my god, the book is a spiral. It, uh, <laughs> it starts, you know, in, in it starts short, real tight, short yeah. concentric, yeah, circles, and then eventually <laughs> gets to slow, languid uh, circles at the end. Yeah, it's funny. So, so the creation of new ideas is is more interesting than the way they're ultimately kind of reassembled to tie everything back together, which is what's happening here. We see yeah. the snail people. We see um, humans just kind of turning into spirals at will to serve their purposes. We see the general kind of decay that is that is brought about by all of these things, just you know, factors stacking on top of each other. Yeah. 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 It's also just like the, the things aren't really being done new with the ideas. Like they're being reassembled, but not, mm-hmm. uh, there aren't new angles on them. So much. I suppose that's what I mean. It, it is, it is yeah. just, let's combine these in different ways. Oh no, I, I was just, I didn't, I wasn't trying to correct you. Mm-hmm. I just meant, um, like just restating it. Cause I, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, so the kids, uh, they actually get out, um, and they return like years later <laughs> and they, they, why? Um, and, and they see the, 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 well, the be, because, because time moves faster at the center of the circle. Like they, yes. they, they have been yeah. accelerating who knows what time it is on the outside, but as they're in the slow languid part of it at the, at, at the outer right, right. things, the things that are in closer because relativity, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> something, something like that. I would have just, I, I don't know anything. I would have, I would have shot myself in the face. Um, <laughs> so, so, so the, uh, uh, I don't need to, to see how the spiral people live. Like. I'm okay. Well, they, um, well, they don't go back intentionally. Like they, they, yeah, they reach the edge yeah. and they spiral back in. That, that's the part I, I forgot. Yeah. Um, so they get there and the, uh, the row houses have been turned into a spiral. Yes. And uh, there's a leader who's building onto it. And he's just kind of building onto the spiral and building onto it. Mm-hmm. And uh, says her parents are still alive. They actually made it. And they're at the center of the spiral in the lake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um, Shuichi, again, throwing out his hypotheses, um, he says that this is how the town has always been, right? They found yeah. that map earlier. Like, this is obviously, like, a way that it used to be. The row houses are old. They're a remnant of something else. Maybe they've always been here. And this exists in a constant cycle of destruction and renewal. Yes. Yeah. Um, so they move through this, like, kind of half-built labyrinth of houses. And when people die as these kind of, like, gross spirally creatures they just get thrown out into the street because uh, they start to stink so there's this like that's one of those things i love about horror too is these like nods to civility or culture at well after the point like yep. the sell by the sell by date mm-hmm. of civility like it's not they're not doing it because it's be civil or doing it because it smells bad but like <laughs> there's still part of them that still understands like oh we don't want to live with a corpse yeah like you know like it's it's okay that i have no bones mm-hmm. but it's not okay that you know, a corpse is next to me. Yeah, like the like the, the they're they don't recognize that they're monsters yet. Yeah, I love that. And, and they, that's and one they, of my favorite like tropes. They 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 never acknowledge it. They're all just trying to work to like, like work to meet a goal. And so we're we're making these like symbolic de- declarations about what we're seeing in this. As far as I can tell, there's no greater moral 
No, I have no idea. That's part of the reason why I feel like it's kind of unsatisfying in the end when we get there. Is that, like I don't know what the the idea is, and this thing doesn't have to have a point necessarily right. to be good. Like it's still a wonderful journey. Mm-hmm. It's just it doesn't feel like it has like a thesis or anything. Yeah, yeah. Do you uh, and that that's kind of what I, I think I'm picking up on when I was talking about kind of vague dissatisfaction with the ending. Mm-hmm. Um, so the labyrinth ends up kind of coming uh, complete, um, and they they travel down. You know, this is where the lake was, and they travel down the spiral staircase yeah. that goes on forever. I just love the idea of the row house shitting out this mass of people. Yeah, like like they are. So so it is complete. Is leading into into the center. There there is no longer a lake. There is just a spiral staircase, and just this massive spiral of flesh just sluicing yep. out, like down into whatever is below. Yep. Yeah. And as they're going down, so we're in the, the chapter completion, um, as they are continuing down, um, the a body that's been out here actually bites uh, Kiri's leg. Yeah, it's like, hey, Chuchi. take me with you. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. It, it, like, is, it has been left behind, and because it is one of these snail people, it has no has no way to kind of proceed on its own. It's like, hey, nope. take, me, take me to my salvation where everybody else has gone. Yes. Yeah. And uh, because of this, uh, you know, Shuchi falls trying to wrestle this guy off and falls down the, the middle of this this thing. Mm-hmm. So, so she continues down um, as this the staircase kind of inverts into a screw, I love and she this. eventually like, falls that, as well. That inflection point where where it turns into a screw, like this immediately was like, yes, this is another step up of surreal. And it's part mm-hmm. of why I like this, like the like the way this closes, at least visually. Like it is so visually arresting and surreal because she falls into it might as well be the like the sunken city of Rillier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just where all of this, uh, where all of these, uh, you know, spiral bodies have gone, um, and are assembling into this alien subterranean landscape of, uh, kind of like towers beneath yes. the earth. And as she goes along, she's noticing that the older bodies, the ones who are not so much flesh, a, everybody kind of looks blissed out because they've reached their purpose. Um, mm-hmm. but B, the older bodies are, uh, kind of like ossified and turning into stone. And so like something is being assembled here. It's never explained what, and like, if you think too hard about it, it is going to be like, oh, well that's kind of dumb. But like visually, as you look at these, like this is, this is obviously another world that they've gone into and can't get away from. Yeah, it looks great. Like the 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 actual ge- geometry and everything here looks really really cool. Um, she eventually meets up with uh, Shuichi, and uh, they just like give up. Yeah, essentially, like, he can't get out. His legs are broken because of the fall. Yep. And uh, anyway, as opposed to leaving him there, um, you know, again, there's a nice symmetry here. He wouldn't abandon Kiri because he loved her. She won't abandon him. So they decide to uh, assume their ultimate fate. Yep, which is to spiral together like the two uh, fuck snakes that we <laughs> we, mentioned, we mentioned earlier, and uh, and then that's really it. And it just says something like the spiral will eventually awaken. Yes, the the, uh, the eternal spiral will awaken, and uh, yes. and we and we see them together in this very moment, like at the center of the spiral. As we as we've seen time dilate and expand and contract, at the center it all stands still, and it will be like this. They will be together forever um, as the town rebuilds and is destroyed around them, and the city is built up is is built into. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then there's a lost chapter that's like not very good <laughs> at the end. Like I don't even really like. I don't know. I glossed over this. Like I, I was already like just a little bit like this was a really long thing, and mm-hmm. a lost chapter might have been lost for a reason, as is often the case <laughs> yeah. with things. So I, I just I'm not super into galaxies. 
yeah but like, we should probably chat about it people real quick. people start spotting new galaxies they get telepathy um as they start as they start popping up there's an astronomer who is very jealous of the fact that people are making these discoveries um you know kind of like hopping onto his steez and his uh head explodes into a new galaxy because of the knowledge yes, and that is which a is, all that is cool a blood, on paper that is a bloodborne connection ding yes <laughs> yeah um but it's just not it just doesn't like part of it's like visually, like it just doesn't look that cool. And it, it, a galaxy is missing if you make a big list of things that can spiral, right? <laughs> like that could have been in there, but it just, uh, you know, so when, it had to be checked off the list. When, when, I, when I looked at the chapter list and I saw galaxy at the end, I was like, oh my gosh, is this going to be the it, cosmic justification for this? Or that it moved into space, right? Like we yeah. infected the stars with this and then it's going to be mm-hmm. like aliens dealing with this or something stupid like that. <laughs> um, or just something, but it's just, it's just not there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then that ends up being Uzumaki. Which, like, it sounded, I, I don't want anyone who's listening to this to think that I'm, like, down on it. Because right. I'm totally not. Like, I love it. I love it. It's great. <laughs> it's just, it, I think it is that lack of, like, uh, a perspective that I'm picking up on that, like, just makes it the ending, other than visually, just kind of feel like, well, what if some bad things happened to some people and they accepted it? Yeah. You know? Which is fine. Like, that's, that's not a terrible perspective for something to have. It's just not, it's just not my favorite yeah. kind of thing. I'm dogged about my assertion that a bad ending rarely um, affects the quality of the overall work. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm kind of more willing to accept this as a masterwork on the whole because it is a hell of a journey. Like, uh, you know, I, I can't decide if I wish that there was a moral. And I don't even know, like, like there may be something that I'm not seeing because of my cultural ignorance. Like, I'm, I'm willing yeah. to admit that there's possibly something there. But in none of the research that I that I did that I find that there was kind of a greater meaning around this, aside from just, you know, Junji Ito, who is obviously a very visually focused person, being fascinated by the symbol and wanting to make as, you know, explore it as thoroughly as possible in the mode that he is kind of most accustomed to. Like, let's yeah. find some horror in, like, you know, bodies and in everyday situation set against this, against this otherwise common thing. This visual theme. Yeah. Yeah. And then and that level, it's 100% a success. Like, yeah. when, you, when you say, I know you weren't setting up this, but to clarify for people who are listening, like, mm-hmm. when you say that you are uh, avowed in your statement that, like, an ending doesn't ruin a work, I don't think it ruins a work in this case at all either. Mm-hmm. I, but I won't go as far as to say that an ending doesn't have any effect Mm-hmm. Or can't have an effect. I think that's yeah. too far. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I, I think you said that before. I think it's a, is that a video game hot dog thing? I feel uh, like that was a conversation those guys had, and there's like it's, part of that longer conversation I'm missing. No, it's it, it's definitely popped up there, but it's something that I've that I've felt for a while, especially like let's say since uh, since I started reading a lot of Stephen King, like in college. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of like, yeah, I really don't think that that is that is a thing. Like them saying that set that off, but I've been, I've I've never really been that put off by a bad ending to a thing yeah i don't i don't think it like i I think i'm probably somewhere perhaps somewhere in the middle Mm -hmm. um where i just i think that like it doesn't to to my mind like it's it's crazy to say that ending isn't part of the work or can't oh yeah yeah, you know like it's 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 not a different thing yeah it's not a different thing and it's it's part of the thing right so if it's if it's weak then part of the thing that you love is is weak Mm -hmm. you know it just exists alongside really strong stuff Uh, you know, and I think that in my mind, that's where Uzumaki lands, where it's like the stuff it does, I haven't seen done anywhere else and is 100% remarkable. Mm-hmm. Like, it's wonderful. I, I just like it does it. It's I can't call it perfect. Like, it's mm-hmm. great. It's mandatory. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like if anybody who is if this is at all interesting, like, for yeah. the love of God, hunt this down. It's so yeah. good. Um, it's just like I can't say I wasn't disappointed 
He yeah. didn't ruin it for me, but I did have a feeling of like, oh, yeah, that's a bad note to end this on. Yeah, and this you know? this will sound like a platitude, but like I I very rarely call something perfect. Like yeah. I think one of the only perfect things we have ever covered for the show is uh, um, Shadow of the Colossus, and even that mm-hmm. has some very glaring flaws. You know, yeah. like it's yeah. uh, you know, like I, I, I'm not, I'm not making the, you know, the like the most extreme version of the stance. I just think that in my own personal estimation, like I'm resistant to the idea that like a bad result, you know, like a, a bad resolution to a thing, you know, season two of Twin Peaks doesn't make season one of Twin Peaks worse, even if holistically all, you know, like you can't call it an unmitigated win because season no. two exists. It- in my mind, it makes, but it makes, it doesn't make season one worse, but it does make like the whole, like a little bit less satisfying. Like mm. with, with Twin Weeks specifically, or Twin Weeks, mm-hmm. uh, Twin Peaks specifically, like I would have liked to have seen a stronger, like mm-hmm. kind of a second half to that yeah. because I like the first half and it would have made a whole work, mm-hmm. you know? Like I think that there is something to a whole work mm-hmm. that is, that is, that is powerful. And that's why like something like Shadow Colossus, which like, I guess maybe I'm more willing to forgive bumps on the way to something mm-hmm. that feels complete. Uh, than I am something that has no bumps on the way to feeling incomplete, hmm. you know, and that's what this feels like. It has no bumps on the way to feeling incomplete. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I like a complete thing. Like I like a shadow or a shadow of the Colossus, yeah. you know, where it's like, oh man, does that stick everything it's trying to do? <laughs> you know, like everything it tries, it's, you know, the way there yeah. is not always perfect. Like there's a couple of annoying things. There are not very many of them, mm-hmm. uh, but it like the ending of that is such a good payoff that it yeah. does make the, the lead up like they reflect on each other. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not a vacuum, at least yeah. in, in my mind. Like, Oh, and, 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 and neither am I. I just think it's, we, we, we place different values on things and, you know, I don't want us to get lost in a sea of, you know, subjectivity. However, mm-hmm. you know, it's something that, you know, we, we run into from time to time. We, we value different things and, yeah. you know, I don't want any, to think that like either of us is making an official declaration about like what bonfire side chat stance is on this oh you yeah know, like like neither of us are correcting each other when we say like oh they're like the, the, this thing totally works or doesn't and, it, and it would be a dumb place if we were, try, were trying to make that stance this would be a dumb place to do it over something we both really love like, <laughs> right. this is like one of the some of the least we've ever disagreed about something it just it's cloaked <laughs> yeah. it's like dressed up as something we disagree in yeah. i think what it is is, is it's just a really good illustration of that very fine difference of, of articulation of that opinion right mm-hmm. like this is just a work like that is something that where you and i differ and this is a laser focused great example of like <laughs> the least offensive something could be while like, hitting because it's, it's a very small line between us and this just lands on it yeah like you know? like like, like the, this the uzumaki is the work that isolates this particular variable that yes. like like it like in our difference as it relates to the discussion you know yes and yeah. that, i think that's more what i'm picking up on and that's yeah. that's why i'm harping on it because it's it's good to capitalize on something that is such a good example of that yeah so when you when you go online you take the online quiz like are you a cold or are you a gary <laughs> it's really going to like do you feel like the ending of uzumaki makes it as a whole like a little bit worse or do you think that it doesn't matter right <laughs> you know and then that will that will shunt you into one of two different categories mm-hmm. uh, if you choose the gary side you can come stay with me um <laughs> come live in my my wildewy basement with the walk-in furnace and if you, uh, if you choose the coal side you can go live with coal and uh take baths in his bird bath and uh and and sleep in his crawl space so those are your options well it's more about that's more of an like an attic like hobbit hole above yeah. the above the entryway <laughs> there, there are two kinds of people in this world. You can choose. Are you, are you a um, basement dweller or an attic dweller? Like, exactly. The...
Um, yeah, so uh, moving on, we're covering it. It may seem like this is already a long episode, <laughs> but we're covering something else. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and this is The uh, the Shadow Over Innsmouth um, by H.P. Lovecraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a novella originally published in 1936. Yes, that H.P. Lovecraft himself hated very much so. Something you can learn about Lovecraft when you start figuring out like what he liked and didn't like was that he had no idea what he did was good or what wasn't <laughs> like he, I mean, he loves uh, the Colorado space and like, boy, do I love the Colorado space, mm-hmm. but like he, you know, he didn't like this. He thought like call of Cthulhu was just fine. Like mm-hmm. he does, he does not like his work that other people like, Yeah, which is kind of refreshing as a, as a you know creative person. Cause I think that <laughs> happens a lot with everybody who makes stuff, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, like it, what, what you think is your best work is rarely what other people think is your best work. Um, but it ended up getting published because August Durleth, uh, the, you know, the weird uh, villain in the Lovecraft mythos in some ways and the hero <laughs> in other ways, um, submitted he, it to Weird Tales in secret. Yes. And um, a hero in this way by, by, yes. by like just kind of like taking this thing like it was baby Superman and sending it out. Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. so it could escape H.P. Uh, Lovecraft's furnace. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, it, it, was, it, <laughs> it was it was rejected. Um, but, you know, kind of eventually um, here it was it was resurrected, not, you know, as a serial, but actually as a, a hardcover book, like the, yes. on, the only one uh, that was actually published in H uh, in Lovecraft's lifetime. Yeah. And and this is um this is a hugely not just with uh, Bloodborne because there mm-hmm. is a big part of you know the the fishing village that is straight up Shadow of Innsmouth but as far as uh, Lovecraft works that have been explicitly kind of adapted this is this one's up there right yes like there are ideas from this and specific um, this is a big part of Dark Corners of the Earth mm-hmm. um, this kind of tropes and the things that are involved in this show up a lot in other kinds of pop culture. Yes. Um, and like, so and it, it extends into Bloodborne, like, like, like taking the focus back at, back at, it's not just the fishing village. It, like, I see a little right. bit of like just Bloodborne as a whole, like something about a tainting of the blood trip, transforming people and ruining a place. Yes. Uh, making like a pact. Yes. You know, making and making um, a pact with, and this is an idea that shows up in, in, in Bloodborne, but also shows up in other kinds of fiction. It's one of my mm-hmm. favorite things that ever happens in fiction is people turning away from religion to things that are darker, but the reason why they do is because they work. Yeah. You know, like they, this idea that like, oh, like I can, I can keep praying to regular God, <laughs> but regular God is, is it's everywhere and it's ambient and, and all these things or over here, here's dark dad. And if I pray to dark dad, I literally just get golden fish. <laughs> like and just the, the idea of like, uh, and there's, there's all these kind of weird shades. Like it, it reminds me of like Germany and on the cusp of world war two, where like the economic, economically it was so in the shitter that like it's just easy for anyone to just show up and be like hey why don't we try this you know because people are willing to try anything yeah um you know and and that's uh that's that's what happens here Mm -hmm. um yeah so let's get into it yes let's get into it so we have this narrator um like a lot of hp lovecraft stories this has been uh uh, narrated uh kind of not posthumously but kind of in media rest later on as the uh as this robert olmstead as we learn he is named from uh from the notes like like the opposite of uh, of media (laughs) rest yeah i suppose uh, like after like after everything yeah uh but uh like uh, you know he's he's writing this before the final decision he has to make right yes yeah so there is action we don't know what the action is it's it's a it's a it's a log you know and uh he's recalling the events that took place on on july 16th 1927 um to help him come to terms with this horrible step that weighs ahead of him but we don't know what it is yet right um, and so he's talking after the fact about this horrible series of events that took place in this northeastern town um called Innsmouth, which is uh which is based on oh my gosh hartfordshire uh new hampshire i think something like that there are a couple yeah. of different ideas 
yeah. uh, behind where it could be could be named. But uh, that's that's definitely one of them. Yes. Um, but yeah, um, it's fictional. It's yeah. a, you know, but it, it's just a, it's a seaside town. Yes. And he says, you may have heard about this town because of some action that the government took against it. Um, that has kind of been associated with the war on liquor, right? This was, you know, towards the tail end of prohibition and that's how it was, uh, you know, kind of like, uh, swept under the rug. And his yeah. retelling of this is a, to remind himself that this was not a hallucination and B to help him kind of understand, you know, kind of well, like what, what went on, like yes. to, to put this in the greater context and to reveal the secrets behind this and that was like maybe a headline one day and then gone the next yes yeah and, and it kind of hints that there's something more to it um so he's uh he's kind of like a an odd uh you know bookie fellow and he uh, has been he's he's traveling from up... toledo ohio yeah <laughs> the, uh, go rockets he's, uh, yeah yeah <laughs> So he's, he's looking up the East Coast, uh, looking for antiques and kind of interested in old architecture and stuff. And, uh, you know, he's 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 a cheap dude. He's a frugal dude. Um, <laughs> and he eventually learns that there's a cheap bus uh, to Arkham that runs through Innsmouth. Yes. Um, but he's also interested in Innsmouth. Yes. Right. Like he, he goes to the historical society. He's like, hey, if I'm on my way, I might as well go and look at some yeah. some uh, <laughs> uh, gambrel roofs. Like, boy, does Lovecraft <laughs> love his gamble roofs. Like, <laughs> what does he love? What's what's a gamble roof, Gary? Um, it's like a barn roof. Like, it's oh. a roof that has a point of articulation halfway through. Mm, okay, okay, there we yeah. go. I, I thought I, I thought it was like a name, like gamble roof. Oh no no yeah. no! That, that's the lady who lives up on my roof. Who won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> um, G- G- gamble roof roof. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad those fell out of uh, favor with architects um because they all went mad because they're sensitive yes. um <laughs> no <laughs> but um yeah like he he is kind of drawn to this um a for reasons we're going to find out but b um because like <laughs> they say well you could take this bus there but we don't like the folk from around them parts yeah there, there's this weird sense of like kind of racism uh to it and he kind of investigates the town in this first chapter when we learn about this um because the uh uh they don't want to. They've got something called the Innsmouth look yeah. to them. They have this Innsmouth blood, and uh, you know the the first person he's talking to has kind of open mind. Is like, oh, it's just race prejudice. Um, you know, they just don't like these people who have these kind of narrow heads and bulgy eyes, and their yeah. skin isn't right. Yeah. yeah, he calls them white trash, which is like a weird modern word to to show up in this 1930s story. <laughs> that's that's, um, that's why I highlighted it on my Kindle. And yeah, it's, you know, it's, again, uh, kind of looking back at this, we talked about this for a while. But um, H.P. Lovecraft's uh, hatred knew no bounds, and also it it, uh, it was classism as well. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Even though he was very like poor, it was oh, yeah. like that weird. Um, it's kind of yeah, it's it's, it's was a poor, weird. But he of, was from good blood. <laughs> exactly, that's what it was. He was yeah, that's the the weird kind of uh, shadowing or or other take on the uh, the Roho stuff from Uzumaki. Yeah. He, he was he was a temporarily embarrassed millionaire. Yeah. Yes, and <laughs> and remained so until he died uh, <laughs> of stomach, cancer, of stomach cancer because he wouldn't yes. eat. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, not to make light of stomach cancer, that is a horrible disease. Covering our bases, light. covering our bases. Yeah. Well, even I don't even want to make light of uh, Lowcraft dying. We talked about that a lot in our Lowcraft yeah, yeah, episode. But I have a lot of sympathy for that guy. No, yeah, we're uh, we're 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 using that as as a as a as, as a humorous it, device. Wait, so yeah, it's just silly for him to be arrogant about anything. Right, like, you know, he did not learn any kind of humility in that. Even though he's very humble about his writing, he's still you know, and boy, that's an interesting psychological angle where he's like clinging on to these inherent truths about himself mm-hmm. when all of the transient truths have kind of faded away. Mm-hmm. You know, and that probably there's a lot of the the kind of psychology of his racism there, like him grasping on to things that. Uh, are inherent about a person that yeah. time and tide can't affect like it's such a it's like it's such like a like a um a protestant or uh like what well, what's the word that i'm thinking of not pilgrim but um uh, puritanical yeah pure puritanical like determinism like it's it's almost like a biological calvinism 
Yeah. Like, and that is shown in this work, right? Like, you know, a single drop of this thing about you that you had no control over affects your entire future, whether for good or for ill. And he was kind of like holding himself up uh, against that. Yeah, like him just like, oh, like there's, I still have this inherent quality in me no matter what happens. Yeah. Because this thing exists because it has to exist or otherwise I'm trash. Right. You know, and that that's a, that's, that's a sympathetic kind of idea to me, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so this town is based I mean, on any the, kind of insecurity is going to have like a little bit of like, I'm going to have a little bit of sympathy for that. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And like just kind of fiercely believing something that is maybe not true because mm-hmm. otherwise you go crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which is the, uh, the, the opposite of a story is where you fiercely believe something that is true. Um, <laughs> And then you do go crazy. Uh, so so this town is kind of run by this guy named Marsh who runs this refinery in town. But he has not been seen in years because he has some kind of deformity. Right. And uh, there's this gold that's coming coming through, this this gold uh, you know refinery. But nobody really knows where the gold initially comes from. It's refined here. Mm-hmm. But we don't know where it comes from. And, and people think it's maybe coming from the sea, from pirates. Yes. Like just uh, for, from, from a ring that is run through there, right? Like this could be some kind of den of iniquity. Um, and yes. kind of along with that, like it gets a little bit eerier because it, it extends to the animal kingdom uh, because this area was once overfished, but uh, all of a sudden they were overrun with them. And that is also um, an export. And that uh, kind of characterizes the entire town uh, down to the very smell of it. Yes. Um, there's this rock formation off the coast called Devil's Reef. And uh, there's this legend that these terrible creatures live there. And, uh, you know, as a, one of the things he's doing when he's investigating the, thing, uh, the town is he goes to a university and sees some uh, Innsmouth jewelry. Hmm. And uh, there's a strange pale tiara. And uh, this gold actually has this weird white quality, yeah. this whitish gold that I just imagine being that kind of like um, ivory luminescent <laughs> kind, of, kind of quality to it. Yeah. And uh, also this relief that has these uh, terrible amphibious fishmen that I'm sure yeah. won't show up. I picture the white gold being like uh, like one of those Electrum class rings you would get because your family was not uh, one of the uh, one of the Soches. Like you weren't oh, really sure. you know, just kind of like, well, I've got to have a class ring, but you might as well have the uh, the <laughs> the. The, the premium platinum plus faux gold yeah yeah hey, I'll, t- I'll take something made of electrum because uh dnd second edition man i know right um, <laughs> and that, it's weird how many minerals and weapons and I, I know the names of because of dnd 100 man weapons yep. that's, that's that's crazy the arms and equipment guy taught me everything i know about falchions yeah about falchions <laughs> everything i knew about alberts i forgot to ask um the, uh, so in all the churches, there aren't kind of conventional churches. They've all been chased out and replaced with this uh, pagan order called the Esoteric Order of Dagon. <laughs> Which, good way, you know, like, good job cloaking that, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the thing is, like, there were, like, this was kind of a thing more in that time. These kind yeah. of, like, esoteric orders and things like that. Like, you know, the, the way that, like, Shriners used to have real power. <laughs> or, right. or, or, like, or, Freemasons. Like, 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 yeah, yeah, like, you know, specifically Free- Freemasonry or the Knights of Columbus or whatever, where, yeah. like, just the like, conspiracy theories around those and... You know, yeah, I, I, like, I can totally see that. Like now they're just, they're home to the fish fry, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. like these, these, these terrible cults and things that used to have these names are now just home of like the all you can eat cod. Well, you, you, you get, dr- you get, you get drunk and play ping pong. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that's where they get all that cod from. <laughs> um, literally all you can eat they must have made a dark pact <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. To, to be honest all the cod that i can eat is very little i don't really, really? like cod <laughs> yeah did you just real quick i mean i know we're running long this will be quick did you read that thing where the guy uh or the rock posted his diet and and a guy wrote a very funny like live reaction to reading it um <laughs> One like so the rock's diet uh involves like so many goddamn ounces of cod um, <laughs> really? he's cod for every meal um so much so much cod and like the uh the guy who's right he was like how many how many ounces of cod is in a cod how many cods are you eating dude <laughs> like, it's, 
<laughs> he just eats so many cods. <laughs> it's really incredible. It's like all he eats is like cod, rice, and vegetables, <laughs> which um, makes a, a degree of sense. It is it it is uh, it is lean protein, but uh, yeah, I find it to be flavorless. I'd rather have uh, I'd rather have haddock. Is, uh, yeah. is is my preferred fish of choice, but if I'm going to eat uh, something that's fried, I'll do fried cod because I'm just going to put lemon juice and you know dip in tartar <laughs> sauce anyway. But yeah. anywho, um, let's go on to chapter two. Yes, chapter two. So he has decided to to, uh, to take this bus into town, and he gets a firsthand look at the Innsmouth look. Right, this uh, this driver is obviously suffering from what he perceives to be some kind of horrible skin condition. My favorite detail of this is he talks about these yellow hairs that are sticking out of the back of his head, because mm-hmm. obviously they like just like this guy used to be a blonde before he started changing, but like there's just these last couple strands of it holding on. Yeah, he and you could have just stopped there. Like he could have just been a blonde, and it would have grossed me out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> wow, a strong uh, stance about hair color. Yeah, like I, those toe heads get on my get on my country. Oh, um, we would not have gotten along as kids. <laughs> and, and and as he's uh, subjected to this horrible blonde hair, um, he kind of looks out his window and sees uh, the layout of Innsmouth, which like. It, it's, <laughs> we're gonna pass over this real quick. But yep. <laughs> in terms of words, it's a lot. Yes, so like, uh, both Lovecraft this chapter- liked his yeah liked his architecture. <laughs> <laughs> he uh he really liked his architecture he also liked his uh city planning um yes he totally uh like this and uh like a chapter that otherwise would be incredibly tense is mostly dedicated to street relationships i see i think that i think the tense chapter works oh. and i think that th- this relates to that like i think that him planning out the town like having that real kind of D map version of the town is necessary hmm. uh for that last version um, or makes it makes it better. Like it makes it makes sense for him to know where to go to have paid this much attention to mm-hmm. it. Um, like I think it pays off, but I mean mileage can definitely vary on that. I don't think it's an yeah. unqualified win. I think that there are just um, way too many page inches dedicated to it. I mean, I, I, I probably wouldn't argue with that. Like yeah. it's it's a it's a quirk of of the writing. Like he's yeah. in he's into that, and at least like the character's into it too. Like mm-hmm. not that that makes it a better thing to put in the story, mm-hmm. you know, but it's like it at least isn't weird that the character's noting it. Yeah, you know. That's why he's going here. Yeah, at least at least right now, like it, it's uh, like, oh, this is a curiosity, and he is he is noting the just kind of the peculiar aspect to everything that he sees. Yeah, um, and and the, and there's this odor, there's this pervading stink of fish, which mm-hmm. happens if you've ever been in like a coastal like a seaside <laughs> town. There's this weird underlying stink, uh, but here it is, it is way worse. It's so funny when they're like when, when that is a thing about a town. One of my uh, uh, strongest memories of being a kid, um, uh, Wapakoneta, Ohio. It's a place in northwestern Ohio where um, Neil Armstrong grew up. Mm-hmm. You know, America's America's first moon man, um, and uh, uh, supposedly, um, and uh, it, it's a pig farming town. My family went there uh, because there is the Neil Armstrong Museum, which is you know I remember being really cool because you get to see all of this astronaut stuff. There are cool movies. There's like a planetarium kind of thing, really cool. But like the trip was ruined because in a pig farming town, it is surrounded by lagoons of pig shit. Yes. And so like is, yeah. I'm I'm on a vacation with my, with my family and I want to see space stuff and swim in the pool at the hotel and we can't be outside because of yeah. the uh, because of just the the horrible smell of pig shit. Yeah. So that's what yeah, I'm smelling when I hear bad. about this. Yeah, that, that, I think about that too and, and it just is kind of like or if you have a town where like there's like a tannery. Mm-hmm. Right? Or something like that like, like a paper mill, yeah. 
yeah, like that, that just, that's just it for your town. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like and, might as well move. It's got cursed with the spiral. Yeah. You might as well get out of there because yeah. there's a paper mill. And, I'm, started out and like, I'm happy that downtown Cincinnati is home to a bunch of breweries because if you're out on a Saturday afternoon, it smells like bread. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I'm, I'm like six blocks away from a, a bread factory from like the, the Franz bread company. Nice. So, so it smells like bread often by my house, which mm. is great. Yeah. There's, there's a river in Chicago that always smells like chocolate. Mm. Do like a chocolate factory. And it's pretty great. Nice. Um, but th- this town stinks. Um, <laughs> and he sees these kind of, as he's looking out in the town square, he sees this kind of strange shadow peering from the door of the esoteric order of Dagon. And he's wearing this, this crown and kind of, mm-hmm. he's wearing this, this tiara that he's seen kind of, and kind of spooks him out. Yeah. Um, cuts a strange silhouette in the door. And as he looks around, that's not the only thing that unsettles him. Everybody has this Innsmouth look. They're all in kind of various stages of this, what seems to be a progressive disorder. Yes. Um, so, so he, he goes there, he hears about, oh, there's this hotel, this, this terrible Gilman hotel here, uh, in a, in a subtle, subtle naming convention. (laughs) And, uh, so, but he's, he's on his way, he's looking around, he goes to the grocery store and there's a young person there who it's actually staffed by somebody who, uh, uh, is sent there from kind of corporate, (laughs) which is a huge plot point in, uh, in dark corners (laughs) of the earth. I like the way they handle that there actually. Yeah. Like you're you're going to investigate his death. Right. Um, which is a super cool way to tie that in. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, he talks about the kind of insular nature of the town. There's never any younger, pe- or you only see younger people. You never see anyone who's old. Mm-hmm. Um, there are yeah. all these, you know, lights on in the attic and, and boarded up windows and right. stuff. The the only um, old person that he talks about, and the only old person that you see is this uh, nonagenarian, this Zadok Allen, who is uh, the yes. kind of the town drunk. And he kind of points him like, yeah, if you want to, learn, want to learn more about the town, he's kind of the only person who's going to talk. Yes. Which I love that as like a a ploy to sell expensive whiskey. he really responds to this like like, you know squidly's choice um you know i i don't i don't have that much of a barometer of how much uh liquor one should drink in an evening um but a quart probably is too much (laughs) no you're drinking to forget Uh, (laughs) i suppose like i mean i think he even says something about that i even think he says like if you've seen the things i've seen yeah yeah i'm um, not judging zadok like everybody's got their reasons but like it's just that that is a prodigious amount of alcohol to drink in one evening to me (laughs) so it's one of uh one of gamergate's greatest shitheads uh grabbed the twitter tag zadok allen Mm -hmm. so like and he's got a picture that and so like whenever i see him on twitter when i was like when we were in the throes of Gamergate, like you would see Zadok Allen and I had this a positive association with this character who I think is interesting and just having to see him just spout nonsense. Yeah. It was a real bummer. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but he leaves the, uh, our, our narrator leaves the, uh, the, the grocery store to tour the narrow shadow blighted ways of Innsmouth. Um, you know, and he wonders whether or not the Innsmouth look is a disease or if it's a blood stain. Um, and mm. he uses that uh, uh, incredibly evocative phrase for it as he notices that all of the attics and third story windows are tightly shuttered and bolted. Yes. And uh, we never actually see what's behind there, which is great because yes. they're just suggestions. <laughs> um, so moving on to chapter three, which I, I think is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't we haven't really done the like what we think is cool about this talk yet so i'll just say a thing i think are cool but i'm not speaking for you so we, mm-hmm. we can have this uh, classic Mega Man legends thing if i say <laughs> something is cool and you don't think it's cool uh stop me um the uh so in chapter three he eventually finds uh zadok allen and uh you know plies him with with liquor and this is the town drunk um who tells him stories for like the entire chapter yeah uh and he's got like you need to read this out loud yeah like, it's, it's like a it's like a north mid-atlantic uh like maritimer 
um, dialect to it. Like, like it, if you read it like a pirate, it kind of works. Yeah, yeah. Or, or just like listen to an audiobook of this. Like, there's a really great BBC recording that you can oh. find on YouTube of the entire thing, and they do they do wonders with this chapter. Like, it's really great. Hmm. Yeah, the person narrates it. Nice. Um, so he tells the story essentially of like the town, what happened. Um, you know, there's this, this Devil's Reef. Uh, Marsh, and he took this trip to the South Sea Islands. And uh, when he returned, he said uh, they should get better gods, ones that will actually help. <laughs> we should trade ours in because, you know, remember, this is in the middle of kind of this economic downturn, right? Yes. You know, like just they, they, yeah. they have no food, they have no real industry to speak of, like the, you well, know, good. And where I was going to say that, and the reason why is not like unsympathetic. Um, part of it is like they lost a, like a lot of their, uh, their like best men and everything were, were drafted. No, no, the draft is later. Oh, okay. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. The, the, this, is, uh, this is just the fish drying up. Yeah, this this is the fish drying up. Like, this is just normal, like, sometimes a town just dies, yes. <laughs> you know, for like for, for, for no reason. Like, like the, the Civil War happens at a really interesting point in this. Yeah. 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 Um, so he eventually keeps going to the South Seas and bringing back, like, a whole bunch of gold. Yeah. Uh, and this island, what happens is they sacrifice their young to these deep ones. <laughs> um, in order to get gold and more plentiful fishing. Yes. Um, and eventually, like, just sacrificing their most able-bodied young men was not enough, um, so they had to start mating. And you get the idea that, like, okay, the first taste is free, but, you know, we, we got to get a little a little bit <laughs> yeah. of something-something on the side if we're going to keep on hooking you up <laughs> with, the, yeah. with, with these rocks. Um, so they, 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 they decide to start mating, right? You know, they have to make this arrangement to, uh, to mate. And this is attractive because the deep ones tell them like, you know, you know, okay, just hear us out here. Um, Your children are going to live eternally, except they're going to be like fish people. But like, it doesn't matter. They're still going to like know who they are and everything. They're just going to live out their days at the bottom of the sea serving Mother Hydra. Yes. Um, Which like this, this detail and like. I mean, every time we talk about Lovecraft, I'm not going to make this this, this disclaimer. Uh, I'm not scared of miscegenation in real life. Mm-hmm. I am scared of having sex with a monster, though. <laughs> like th- this detail, like the idea of being born in this town where this thing is expected of me, and it's like it's so visceral, mm-hmm. right? Like, like the, the the kind of general fears that people have of sex that I, everyone kind of has of, of of sex in this weird abstract. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is what this triggers that for me, and like a and in, in a not to trivialize that word, but like this this hits that that point for me yeah really hard like the idea of being like all right well son you know this is what's going to happen this is the way it's always happened if you don't do this we're going to fucking throw you into the ocean yeah uh here you get to make love you know yeah make love to to uh gilly and uh <laughs> so you know in it's, just, it's uh, in its in its most beautiful form um and in its most like kind of like perfect and healthy form it is it is a wonderful vulnerability right where yes. it is it is an act of sharing but in the part of you that hasn't experienced it that blows it way out of proportion um it yes. is an act of vulnerability that might as well be being led to slaughter and it is very you know like this whole idea of like we're you know it is an expectation that you are going to you know do this like this like this this is a part of you now this is just this is just what we do it adds a, a tremendous amount of like pressure and society on top of it like have you lost your virginity to a fish woman yet come on man yeah we're gonna make a pact by fish prom <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, at the end of the school year yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, so, I got that. That was uh, funny. <laughs> oh, thank, thank you. Um, so the uh, uh, 
and Obed, you know, so I love this, uh, this story of Obed where you have this idea of like, he genuinely, like I get the sense that he genuinely cares about the town mm -hmm. and that there are these lines that he progressively ends up crossing, but he doesn't want to. So like, right. he's like, let's do the same thing, but we're not going to promise our kids to have fish sex, mm -hmm. right? Like we're just going to, you know, sacrifice people and get the, the gold, but it's going to sacrifice one for the good of the many. We're going to save the town. Yeah. Uh, you know, but we're just not going to do the, the, the fish bone. <laughs> you know, one because they're, they're an outdated band and nobody cares about them anymore, <laughs> and two because it's gross. So <laughs> right, and so they cross that one line and they are responded to with swift justice by the authorities, but in springing them out uh, causes a massacre that was passed off as a plague to the outside world. Right? Yes, because so many people died. Um, but uh, eventually, he caves. And um, I, I like the idea that like, all right, well, we're going to do this right. We're going to establish certain houses and certain lineages, uh, you know, go, go in there and get her champ. Yep. And, and you got the, you got this as a poll quote, which I love, like certain houses would have to entertain guests. <laughs> Shudder. Like, <laughs> like, just like, oh, man, like imagining like it's just like they, there's never this is visually presented, but I can just imagine, you know. Uh, like a, a grim person with a, a, a oil lamp walking a, a figure that's covered in a cloak. I always picture the, like the, the, clo the, the cloaked figure on a leash for some reason. Like oh, they're cogent, geez. like they, they, they have a mind, but like I just picture it being dragged along. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Because uh, like maybe the deep ones don't like it either. Like maybe this is like a result of you know, like nobody. It's a real Romeo and Juliet kind of thing. It's like well, like uh, well, just think about it from the deep ones' perspective. Like maybe they don't care, but like what if this is a reminder of what they once were? Like we see at yeah. the end of this that like the process of transformation is also like shedding all of your attachment to you know to like to this old frail fragile form and going to serve a higher purpose. But like you know, <laughs> I, I can also like project my own like regret onto that. Like don't look at me, I'm a monster. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Um, you know, so so these uh, you know these people, they, they the babies will not die. They'll just go to the bottom of the ocean, hang out with Mother Hydra and Father Dagon, mm -hmm. uh, which is where the Esoteric Order of Dagon comes from. Yeah. And uh, Zadok was involved up to a certain point, Until but he was I guess fifteen there are these years oaths. old. Yeah. Yes. Oh man. And like there are these oaths you take, and there's mm -hmm. the third oath, which is like such an evo evocative. Like <laughs> if you take the third oath of, of Dagon, like, well, um, but he refuses to do it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and he, ends up enlisting in the in the civil war. He, he he would rather go and fight the South than plunge into the briny deep. Yes, yeah. I mean, and then just like take a chance with battlefield medicine and, and stuff. <laughs> uh, and he says, like, uh, the th things were better here during the draft because all the government men were around. But uh, yeah. if I had any sense or bravery, I would have just never come back. Yep. Yeah, but he does not. Right. He's an old toothless drunk. Um, Obed takes a second wife and nobody ever saw that person. Um, <laughs> right. The daughter from that marriage was shipped off to be educated in Europe. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, dun, dun, dun. Um, uh -oh. she, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Um, yeah. And uh, the, the Zadok reveals his final secret here. He's kind of like, yeah, that sounds scary, right? Well, it's not what the Deep Woods have done. It's what they're planning to do. Um, they have been bringing these things out of the sea. Um, and then they're the, you know, the best, you know, great line in, the, in this book is like, stranger, you ever seen a Shagath? Like, and there's no explanation here what a Shagath is. Like, I know what a Shagath is, mm -hmm. uh, but there's nothing in this. It's just this weird, creepy sounding monster that's been built up. <laughs> right. You know? Well, not been built up is thrown off like without a second thought. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, not built, <laughs> it's built up because we know that he's scared. Okay. You know, yeah. like it's not like we, we learn about it by reputation or anything, mm -hmm. but it's just this like little, like you ever seen this thing and <laughs> like, you just know this, that like, uh, like so somehow this thing, he says this nonsense word follows and I have no idea what the connecting steps are. 
Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And then uh, Zadok freaks out because he thinks somebody's seen him and screams and runs inland and yeah. presumably escapes, but probably dies. Probably dies. Uh, he's never seen yes. again. Like the feds don't find him. Like I think uh, I think the narrator names him as an informant, but he doesn't turn up in any searches. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so. Yeah, they they get he goes the narrator's like, "Oh, well that's weird." And uh, um, <laughs> and and he thinks that this is just like some kind of like either drunken fantasy or just like an allegory like, "Oh, there must be some kernel of truth in this," but he is speaking in, you know, just this very quaint exaggeration, right? Well, it reads like a like an allegory, right? Like yep. it could be like uh, you know, this is what happens when people turn cuz the town's not in great shape right now. Mm-hmm. It's like this is what happens when people turn against religion, when people kind of look to these outside sources mm-hmm. uh for their for their salvation and everything and it just it, it's ruin, mm-hmm. you know. Um so it, it makes sense as an allegory, uh but as we'll find out it's not. Um mm-hmm. so he he tries to get out, but the the bus has been, you know, forced it like the the bus driver says like, "Oh, the bus is not going to run." Conveniently. Right? Like it, yeah. <laughs> Conveniently, uh, and, and you know, I'll, I'll talk about what's cool about this. The sense of paranoia around this as the news tightens, very, yes. very effective. Like just the the idea that like, okay, well, Zadok is attuned to this, and all throughout like the first three chapters, our narrator is like, ah, well, this is just kind of dumb. It's overblown, you know, just folktale, urban legend kind of stuff. But like as the news tightens, and like you know, it's in, he's he's done he's done for now. And yeah. he doesn't realize and, it and just like where he's, he's slowly going to catch up to it. But like all throughout this kind of knowing the punchline and kind of knowing that this is a Lovecraft thing, that nothing is going to turn out good. Like it isn't going to be like sunshine and root beer at the end of this mm-hmm. um, is uh, even uh, though just, there kind of is. It's it's, it's like the, <laughs> yep. it's a weird story where there kind of is. But you, <laughs> yep. you, you definitely know that this is you know, bad things are going to happen first. Right. Yeah. To work for that. Root beer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so I was I was going to get get there. But like, you know, something bad is going to happen. And so like he really sells it in these small details i think by throwing a lot of throwing out a lot of detailed chaff almost and mm-hmm. then kind of like highlighting hitting these spikes like when you're drifting off and somebody says a word that wakes you up yeah 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 i love how um the the bus driver says like oh i'm sure uh gilman will give you a good deal um, on the thing because he knows that he's cheap right like he, you know he was uh like he, he took this super cheap bus. When he goes to the store, they talk about him buying cheese and crackers as like a lunch <laughs> yeah. or something like that. Like he, this, he's very, he's very destitute. And like, I love the idea of the bus driver knowing that and preying on it. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, uh, again, like weird little food details, you know, after he checks into the hotel, he goes out to get a dinner and he's relieved to find out that all the food is packaged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so super cool. So he gets into the hotel room, um, and he notices that, uh, there's no bolt on the door, but there was one formerly. Yeah. Like, recently. like there's the suge- like a discoloration or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so he takes out his keychain multi-tool, which is described in loving detail. Uh, it, it is, it is a <laughs> modern Marvel. <laughs> And he, uh, and he replaces the, the, the bolt using a piece from the dresser. Yeah. Um, so he starts, he's sleeping and he starts hearing the door being tested, mm-hmm. which like, that's a great horror. You can just trope. hear the scrape. Like, yeah, just like some, man, somebody's trying to get in and like that person didn't expect this to be locked. Um, and these are, these are old hotel rooms where they have, and you can, you, sometimes you'll stay in a hotel and this is still the case, mm-hmm. but where there are doors between the rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the, what was the point of that? I guess just to, to house larger families. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've seen that. I haven't seen like a continuous row of rooms like that, but sometimes they'll go to a, to a hotel and it's like, okay, well they, 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 they adjoin and like, okay, yeah. we're going to stay together, but we don't want to have to go into the hallway or step outside in order to, uh, in order to see each other. Yeah. I still see um, that like today and family and uh, hotels. My family stays up. Yeah. 
so the um so that's the case here um he has both of them kind of bolted um but he starts hearing uh these people and kind of things move around mm-hmm. Above, outside and like it, below him too he's on the very top floor like they've been yeah. trying to isolate him keep him from escaping yeah 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 so in this so we, we enter into this this kind of chase scene here which is why i think the the geography of the town pays off hmm. um you know even though again like it's it's still too much yeah um but it's like him knowing the town really well and knowing how to get out i think makes sense here yeah, I would I would much rather him just be canny at spotting opportunities than like describing, you know, line by line a map of the town like that. Yeah, that to me, like takes all of the air out of what otherwise should be a very tense and is still pretty tense. Like, you know, like you're, you are seeing his thought process, but this is happening at like one tenth real time. Yeah, yeah, it, it works for me, but I can I see your point. Yeah. Um, if you if you want to see an idealized version of this, this is the best sequence in uh, <laughs> yeah. in dark corners of the earth yeah uh, and one of my favorite sequences in, in games like yeah it, it comes across really well and, and i was reading uh, this so like I've, re- I've read the story several times once before and then once after um playing dark corners of the earth like that sequence is a very faithful adaptation of this yeah <laughs> just like the way the rooms are arranged and you know like moving you know he's he's moving uh, uh like dressers and bedsides against the doors to like bar progress as he moves along mm-hmm. and then looking out and spotting you know opportunities outside the window and making his jump and things like that like that is like a, a way to feel this piece of text in a way that like is much more um tactile than you otherwise would get a chance to oh uh, you know like unless a, you yeah. arrange like a like the game situation <laughs> Yeah, it's just like a really nice companion piece to this. Yeah, like like even the full whole first part of the that game like feels great. Yeah, with this and just match is a, is a piece mm-hmm. and matches matches really well with it. Um, eventually, you know, he he looks out the window, he sees a roof that he can jump to. You know, they eventually bust down the door, and he's what he's doing. You know, like we said he's putting dressers in the way, uh, latching doors behind him, etc. Um, and eventually, um, you know, after blocking the way, uses this curtain in order to bridge the gap mm-hmm. and get across. Um, and gets down to the streets, and this is he's kind of moving from shadow to shadow, um, and they're hunting him down. Yeah. Um, and as they're hunting him down, he also sees these lights flashing from the re- from the <laughs> the reef, and they're communicating with the roof of uh, on the Gilmen. Yeah. Like there's like code going back and forth, <laughs> which like that's that's a great detail. Yeah. Uh, um, another detail you know, I love, like after after like it's determined that he has like he's at large, they both start glowing like just constantly, mm. like it like just the, the, this is the visual equivalent of a siren, like somebody is at large. Yep. Yeah, and then uh, eventually he gets a, he gets a real good look of, of a deep one that's coming out, and the reason why you know they're communicating is they're just like, hey, this guy knows our secrets. Like, <laughs> we can't let him escape, and also we don't want him to escape for other reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, let's get out with the big guns, yeah. and he gets to see the the deep one, this kind of like hobbling fish frog, yeah, kind of thing with an elliptical head, bulging eyes, and just kind of this um, like shambling, almost like simian kind of quality. Like they move around like gorillas, and they communicate by barking like dogs. Yes. And so, like, yeah. as he describes them, like, I, I know how they're presented in the game and they look kind of like hunters um, from, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like Resident Evil. But, like, as he describes them, they're almost like these these comical chimeras a little bit. Yeah. Like, I can't help but see a, uh, um, like, a fish's head just kind of bolted on top of a slimy frog. It's a, it's a weird thing that Lovecraft has a hard time being impressionistic yeah. about stuff. Like, it's it's why the the... the the escape, which would emotions and adrenaline would compress detail, but mm-hmm. he expands on it because he has to say, like, you get the sense that he can't allow a thing not to be explained. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't want any questions like, oh, how did he get from this room to this room? You know, <laughs> um, and it's the same thing when he tries to describe monsters is he tries to be impressionistic, impressionistic and just say, like, oh, it had aspects of this monster, this monster and this monster. And like, if you squint your eyes right, it works. If 
if but that's that's kind of hard to do and sometimes yeah. it just ends up being like literally this this thing's arms with this thing's head and this thing's yeah. you know it's it, and then it's weird yeah. because it works in silhouette like it works when the lights behind it but when it's mm. in front of it it doesn't work for me yeah yeah and this is something where like i think the expanded kind of universe really helps oh yeah like definitely. artists artists have taken the most charitable version of like what he's going for and mm-hmm. interpreted them and it's it's like those end up being the canon versions mm-hmm um but when you actually look at the text like sometimes it's more goofy than anything yeah my mind does a fine replace and it's kind of like okay like let's let's pretend this is not as goofy but like when i'm in there highlighting and taking notes on it it's like oh like by the letter this is kind of dumb but like yeah, that, the actual that, that doesn't matter because you can fill in <laughs> like you know it's 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 weird you either it doesn't provide enough detail or it provides way too much and like yeah. uh, the, the truth is somewhere in the middle where your imagination just kind of fills in the feeling of what he's trying to get at with all these facts yeah. Um, yeah. So he make, eventually makes his way uh, out of town on this uh, railroad track through the marshes. And uh, this area is actually just kind of like pocked with these warrens of deep ones. Mm-hmm. Like this is where they, you know, they live on land, like outside of town or something like that. Yeah. Um, and some of them are wearing clothes like they're they're dressed <laughs> up like priests, like they have tiaras and stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, he, he actually managed, you know, manages to avoid them um right yeah. and uh like just uh, th- th- this is I- i'm kind of unclear about the way this resolves i went back and read this several times but they're like it's just kind of like moments that are you know like separated by more time than i think they ought to be like he's also he's ultimately be saved by fainting yeah and, and i can't well, he's, he's, you know, i can't he think to faint. he's right <laughs> that's what they do yep and, um, and I, I can't help but think that like he didn't actually escape they just let him because they knew i think that's what i think that's ultimately what happened right is that like he you know they eventually found him because he was passed out but then they like got a closer look at him you know mm-hmm. like uh when i earlier when i said like they were hunting him down for that reason i don't think that's actually the case i think until they get up close to him and like you know smell him and yeah actually yeah. lift up his tail and stuff they don't know what's going on with him <laughs> right um so i think that's probably what happened um so he wakes up at noon the next day um which is a long time to, to, <laughs> to faint i guess i don't know how long fainting lasts but uh, in movies, turns, it's a couple minutes he parlayed into a nap <laughs> yeah he, he had a busy day <laughs> like why is like a little roll with it. he's tuckered out you know um, yeah yeah he's, he's all tuckered out um so he cancels the rest of his trip duh. <laughs> and, uh, it just kind of had a life-changing thing like you you have to go yeah. like petition the government yeah um yeah so that's what he does he goes and he's like hey like we got to take care of this shit yeah you know um and and gets gets some stuff kind of happening like gets the government mm-hmm. involved yeah. Um, with Innsmouth. And uh, as he's doing so, he's kind of doing some research and learns about these kind of strange happenings on his mother's side of the family. Yeah. Um, he had an uncle who went crazy and killed himself and a grandmother who developed this horrible, like, unblinking stare. Yeah. Uh, which I love, an unblinking stare. And then uh, most notably, he had a cousin who went crazy and was committed to an asylum. Yes. With some kind of horrible deformity. Yes. That the de- developed way later in life than those things generally do. Yes. Um, and so his his he just kind of continues pursuing this line of inquiry obses- you know, obsessively, leaving Arkham and going back to, you know, his place in northern Ohio and Cleveland and Canton and Toledo looking into this. And he finds out um, the kind of the, the scariest detail here is great grandmother um, had some jewelry that was fine to wear in Europe, but was told not to wear in New England. You know, this grandmother, he kind of mentioned offhand earlier on as he was talking about why he was in this region um who was educated in france but came back uh her name was also marsh yes so for the slow people in the audience (laughs) i mean we're supposed to figure this out before the protagonist does like it's not it doesn't need to work as a twist i think for it to work um so uh he you know in 1930 starts having these dreams um 
he'd be kind of un- unable to close his eyes for long periods of time. And in mm-hmm. dreams, he thinks about his grandmother being under the sea as a, a phos- in a phosphorescent palace uh, of many terraces with gardens of strange leprous corals and grotesque brachiate effer- uh, efflorences. Yep. Um, <laughs> and uh, it, the dr- you know, dream grandma tells him, hey, you cannot escape your destiny. Yeah. Like uh, you can't do what your uncle did. You know, by yeah, by, by exactly. killing himself to to forestall this uh this <laughs> this transformation, like you know, like you're 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 gonna come see me one day, and this yep. this isn't a dream. This is communication. Yes, um, exactly. And so he he kind of learns through this that like you know the deep ones are going to arise, and they're going to exact the tribute that Cthulhu craves because they've got what Cthulhu's crave, and uh, <laughs> he dreams of a, of a shagoth. He starts he's always having all these dreams, and uh, he wakes up with this this look. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, he's like, oh, shit, it's happening to me. Um, and he's on the cusp of, like, killing himself, which is the ending of uh, Arthur German, which is another yeah. Lovecraft story. Yeah, that and, has uh, the same core of this. Like, he learns about some horrible an- ancestry. He's mixed with something terrible and, you know, decides mm-hmm. to kill himself because of it. Instead, he goes the other way. Like, this is the point where he, like, he had just written the account um, yes. that we have read so far. Right. And and I love that in reading what we just read, he, that's, that's when he turns pro fishman you know like I, I love i like i really like the way this ends we did um on our slash channel we have a, a lovecraft book club mm-hmm. thing that meets roughly monthly and we did uh shadow of Rinsmith for a uh for the first entry in it, and we we're talking about this and like i love the ending of this so much mm-hmm. um because it's so non-lovecraft right <laughs> like it's so it's so not you know oh i might as well die if i don't have this this thing <laughs> it's like uh you know this last paragraph like it's it's a it suggests like a story that they don't do, but the story they suggest is amazing. Yeah. Where he's going to like plan a prison break to get his cousin <laughs> out, and then together they're going to go to uh, Marvel Shadowed Innsmouth. We shall swim out to that brooding reef in the sea and dive down through black abysses to Cyclopean and many-columned uh, Yahanathel. And in that layer of the deep ones, we shall dwell amidst wonder and glory forever. Yeah, a new purpose, um, right? Like yeah. his humanity was holding him back, and the bargain that they made is only destructive if you value what you once were. And, and go ahead. Yeah, and, and and when these modern values are kind of imposed upon it. Right. So like every time, you know, and even what he did, you know, even mm-hmm. every time the government's involved, anytime like those people are involved, like it just ends up killing a bunch of these things, but it is a losing war, mm-hmm. you know? So when when J. Edgar Hoover comes in mm-hmm. with, the, with the Bergenworth College and decides <laughs> to destroy, you know, Innsmouth, like there's no getting, you know, it's not going to succeed. Right. Like there's there's the same inevitability that happens in everything that happens, you know, in every Lovecraft story. But here it's like embraced as yeah. opposed to just feared and sighed at, uh-huh. you know, in and, a way that I really like. Right. And it's 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 succinct in a way that the rest of the story is not right. Like it is not dwelling on these particular details of the way a, a doorknob is assembled. Right. Like right. it's painting in these broad strokes and it's a much more colorful world that has like much more promise than mm-hmm. anything we've seen so far and this could be and probably is almost certainly an unreliable narrator this could be the you know a part of the you know the uh the transformation is the change to his reason right like he decides right. to lean into it as opposed to lead you know lean away from it um but you know like as it's presented it is like this this beautiful alternative to like be at the devil's right hand as opposed to in his path yeah yeah I, I like I end up really you know, it work, this works for me as mm-hmm. an ending, and even the parts earlier where it's not paced very well, which I think is what you're talking about with the descriptions. Like, mm-hmm. it, uh, I I can't objectively disagree with that, mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time, like when I read it, I was 
pretty riveted with it. Mm-hmm. Um, at least the first time. Like I've read it since, and like you know, things don't stand when it's not new to you. Like, yeah, this yeah, is one yeah. of this was the first long form Lovecraft thing I had read. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was just I was pretty blown away by it. Yeah. Um, I remember distinctly I read it read it uh, on the trip to and the trip back from Chicago on a train hmm. uh, from my hometown, and it was like a great environment. Like reading on a train is great, hmm. um, and uh, it just like it just worked. Yeah. Like super super worked for me. Um, yeah, the ending works for me as well. Like, I I like that it is not like I like that he doesn't kill himself. I like that it is a, it kind of it subverts what you expect. And you know, this mm-hmm. is this is a later Lovecraft story, and you know, like it's kind of him tying stuff together. We see Dagon here, we see Cthulhu, and you know, those two stories were just different versions of each other. I'm not a scholar of the way the mythos comes together, mm-hmm. um, but this is this 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 is a very um, you know kind of cohesive work. And, you know, I can I can set those pacing, those pacing issues aside, you know, maybe it helps that I've played the game and I can kind of gloss over the very prosaic details of which rooms doors are bolted and which ones aren't Mm -hmm. and just kind of like plug and play my memory of that and the tension and the breath holding there. Um, you know, to like to get it like there, there, there are any number of factors that make me willing to, you know, to forgive that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like, you know, I, I think that if there's, if there's anything that links both of these works together, aside from it being, you know, a cursed town by some, you know, primeval force that we really don't understand, um, it mm. is that sense of paranoia and like the sense of inevitability that something is going to claim you. They both end with, you know, the, the protagonist embracing something that otherwise could have been feared because they kind of have no other option aside from oblivion. Right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, agreed. Like it, it is. Uh, it, but they're they're kind of like two different, like kind of. I guess I mean I guess they're pretty similar in that respect. Like I was gonna say, there's just different uh, different takes on it, but it's just one of them is elaborated a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Like you know, um, and this is this is very different than than what's played in Bloodborne, where it's explicitly played to not like th- this thing that might have happened. Mm-hmm. Like who knows what would have happened with the fishing village in Bloodborne if it was left to be. Yeah. Like I I like to think that they were more or less peaceful. Um, but we don't know and, and we will never know yeah. because of those, uh, shitheads in Bergamorth. Um, <laughs> so like it is a uh, kind of, you know, either of these situations, if you think of these as kind of cautionary tales of that, it kind mm-hmm. of refer, I mean, there's nothing in the, in Bloodborne to suggest this. I'm just thinking yeah. out loud. Um, it I mean, kind of ref- it, it reframes this as like, that is a preventative action. Um, as as kind of like a, a good thing, you know, it stopped these two fates. Isn't this a little bit of a like a like a um? It it, re- it reflects differently on the rebirth ending of Bloodborne, and maybe a little bit on like the kindling the fire ending of Dark Souls. A little mm-hmm. bit of like, okay, you are going to be separated from what you once were. You're either going to be the you know the ever burning source of this thing that keeps the world turning, or you're going to shut off your former cares and become you know God knows what. <laughs> yeah like yeah, yeah and embra- embrace literally you know i mean the abyss you mm-hmm. know like uh, like the 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 unknown mm-hmm. like the, the what this thing is and like you know dark souls one they did a whole lot to, to kind of show us what that meant mm-hmm. um but it also never showed the same way that the snail people are happy and the deep ones are happy those humanity sprites are not inherently mm-hmm. like miserable it's just other yeah you know like we don't like that because it looks terrible and like the people inside the town uh you know are they uh writhe and everything, mm-hmm. but that could be a pupae stage kind of thing. Yeah. You know, ultimately turning into these kind of pure forms of, of people. Yeah. Um, and that pure form could either be mindless snail people, which I think are probably not that happy. <laughs> um, but at least, I mean, they, they've got a placid smile, like there's an ignorance yeah. to it. Too, like, mm-hmm. a, a, you know, a more 
directly kind of idealized version where it's like, you know, deep ones are stronger than humans and immortal and have purpose and everything like that is humanity plus like you can mm-hmm. make that argument yeah and they um, and, and they and they serve a real god that they can see like i'm not yeah you know, i'm not saying god isn't real or whatever like that i'm not saying that but like like they're they united under this banner yes yeah, yeah it, it is a purpose you know and uh yeah so like i mean there's a lot of kind of like the the thematic kind of similarities of these are are, are pretty rich yeah. and uh and it does make a lot of sense specifically talking about burger mirth but uh also uh, kind of souls in general yeah um, so yeah, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad we covered them. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I don't mean to like do a postmortem while this thing is still uh, is still alive on the table, but like, I'm super excited for these other like explorations we're gonna do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like this has um, been fun. I, I think this is probably the most like. Oh, uh, like these are both deepest. like these are both super long. <laughs> like, yeah, we, super, super long, and then also like you know when we start talking about the thing, mm-hmm. like I love the thing, but it is not as. It is more concise yeah. in what happens, you know. Um, uh, we we covered roughly 900 pages of material in those three hours. So yeah, yeah, indeed. Um, yeah. So hopefully, uh, so I mean, do we have any any other wrap up thoughts? I feel like we articulated it pretty well. <laughs> I think so too. I mean, like both of these are uh, like I would not hesitate to recommend either of them. Um, I think I think with uh, with Shadow of Rinsmith, which I I love. This is my favorite Lovecraft story. If you uh, if you're hesitant because of that pacing and detail, find a book on tape version. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it, you know, it's not that long. It's like two and a half hours or something like that. You can do it while playing a game mm-hmm. and just have it on like a podcast and, uh, having somebody read, um, you know, specifically the inflections and everything helps a lot. Hmm. You know, uh, I found that like when I revisited it, that's what I've done. Um, I've read it twice and I've, I've listened to it once and listening to it was, was pretty great. Yeah. Um, so specifically the, the dialect stuff mm-hmm. helps with that a lot. And, uh, for God's sakes, play Dark Corners of the Earth. Like, yeah. uh, that game kind of falls apart in the end, but it, yeah. the ending of it is not a, a war crime. Like, it's not the worst, <laughs> you know, it's not terrible. It's just not as good as the front first part. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, is a, it is a good game and yeah. is does a lot of cool shit. Um... Yeah, so recommended uh, multiple ways of taking in this, these stories. Yeah, and you can get into Uzumaki for less than twenty American dollars. Like totally. it is, it is readily available. It is a quick read. Don't be uh, dissuaded by the by the apparent heft of the book. Um, yeah, it reads really fast. It and does. that was true when we did Berserk too, which is like, you know, the individual volumes of Berserk. I ended up. I mean, I think we talked about this in the episode, but like, I didn't buy thirty-seven volumes of Berserk mm-hmm. at twenty dollars a piece. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be in for six hundred dollars on the, uh, <laughs> you know, on Bonfireside Chat. The, um, you know, I ended up reading them online, um, in various places, and mm-hmm. like, m- you know, manga just reads quick. Yeah, it's part of why like buying it, unless it's a complete story, feels like a bad value proposition to me, because mm-hmm. um, it goes by so quick. Yeah, um, and this is this is the case here as well. Yeah, and and then Shadow of Rainsmith is free, like <laughs> it is. Uh, all the HP Lovecraft stuff is public domain. You can read it online, or you can listen. You know, people have done podcasts and YouTube's of it and everything like that because it's all available for everyone. Yeah. Um, so, so I I think going and investing the time in these is going to enrich not just your experience of souls, but like a bunch of other stuff. Like these are both, you know, kind of foundational. I, yeah, I, I was going to use the word foundational. I feel weird saying that about Uzumaki because it was so recent, but like it, it is was, it is such a pure strain. And like Ito's work has informed so much of what happened, like what's happened in horror imagery recently that like I have to call it like required. If it's it's definitely mandatory. If it's not foundational, like foundational is a good word for Shadow of Rings Beth. Right. For Uzumaki, it is uh, it, uh, embodying those foundations mm-hmm. really, really well. Right. So like yeah. it's maybe I mean it is influential. I think in throughout the years it will turn out to be, mm-hmm. uh, you know, really really important. But even yeah. as now, it is such a good example of like refining those kind of tropes, like right. the tropes that it deals in, and and presenting a best possible universe version yeah. of them. Yeah. Um. That it is like. 
un- unqualified recommendation. Like yeah. this is like, the most like I mean I guess like the other last thing I felt this uh, comfortable <laughs> recommending was like Bloodborne. <laughs> you know, like it's like as far as off season stuff we've done like you know or I guess Shovel Knight, but like yeah. just like you have to play this. Whereas like you know like 3D Game Heroes, like I like that game, yeah. but I can I can imagine the user that wouldn't like it. You know, like, I think you should try it. It's a good game. It's, but I can imagine somebody not, you know, it's just not being for them. Whereas, like, this is just like, man, you got you to get into this. It's the difference between Kingsfield 4 and Kingsfield 4 soundtrack. Yeah, yeah totally. I mean, even though I will, I will, yeah, yeah well, exactly. Like, Souls fans, you should try Kingsfield 4. Right, yeah. If you don't it's, like it's Souls like, at all, yeah. Exactly. I mean, like, you're fine. Well, one recommendation is, uh, is, is moderately more qualified than the other. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this is, I mean, I feel very strongly that you yeah. should uh, check this out. Um, what do we do next time, Cole? Well, Gary, next time we are starting in on um, Shadow Tower, which is a with a From's kind of a follow-up to Kingsfield. It is a late PS1 era first-person action RPG survival horror game that is very difficult, diff- very difficult to get into. And I would recommend you check out Gary's. Uh, he's posted on Twitter a twit longer thing that uh, that is a kind of beginner's guide. It is. Uh, it's easiest to find on our Facebook page. Okay, cool. Because it's a Facebook page post, and uh, Twit Longer killed all the formatting, so there are bullet oh, points and stuff that were in there. But you can still read it. Um, it's all stuff that I would have liked to have known. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'll tell you what. Go to uh, duckfeed.tv/news. Um, there's going to be like a weekly post. I'm going to try and do. And I'm going to. I'm going to include it uh, in that. So yeah, put it put it as a blog. It's it's a backer blog as well, but I didn't want to put a link to our backer oh, yeah, yeah. backer blog. So like True. that's what it started as. But I wanted to share it because I know a lot of people are playing along, yes. um, and it's all stuff that I wish I had known. Mm-hmm. Um, spoiler: I love that game. Like mm-hmm. I think it's great, uh, but I would have liked it. It would have been easier in the beginning if I would have known these things. Right. So, so. Uh, it has it is a Souls game in that it has a thousand esoteric fucking systems. <laughs> so you in and knowing those is great. Yeah. Um, yep. yeah. So we're doing two episodes and an appendix on that. We're not quite sure what the split is going to be, or we haven't discussed it. Gary, you are in more of a position to uh, to talk about that than I am. And in that time warp that you haven't heard, just, <laughs> that you didn't hear because <laughs> I edited it out, we decided we're going to cut off after Fireworld. So if you're playing yes. along um, and you want to not be spoiled on stuff that happens uh, uh, later in the game, uh, at least beat the Fireworld before you listen to the first episode. Although there's not really much in the way of spoilers. Like there's That's not a thing here. There aren't. There isn't a lot of plot. Like there is some kind of weird suggestions of lore, but there's even less so than there was in uh, Ancient City. Yeah. Um, and we're doing some other stuff. We're going to cover uh, the the sequel to this game, Abyss, which I imagine will be a little bit more robust in that respect a little bit later in the season. Yeah. So yeah. Um, if you have things to say about Shadow Tower, we are doing an appendix episode on that, unlike mm-hmm. this this episode. Uh, so you can hit us up at duckfeed.tv forward slash contact, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, we'll read your responses to Shadow Tower. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. Yeah, if if you're one of like the seven people who played it, like please write in. <laughs> please do. It's not a very popular game. Well, we have a lot of people on the Slack, and I think that we can yeah. we can get some good stuff on that. Like it's 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 good to see people uh, being like, oh, Playing this along. is this this is super weird, and like yeah. people saying like, haha, finally my purchase of a Vita has justified itself. Yeah. <laughs> Dog, I can play Crypto the Necrodancer all the time now. I know it's great. I love my I've, Vita. I've I haven't like re- I have I've not regretted it for a second. No, it's pretty great. I've been playing uh, Necrodancer in bed, and it's a it's a way to get really hyped up to not be able to sleep. Um, so, so uh, yeah, um, if you if you want to join that Slack channel as we mentioned and read those backer blogs that we mentioned, you can mm-hmm. do so uh, by joining us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash DuckFeedTV. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a good value. I feel comfortable in saying that, like at the very least, I mean, you support as much as you can or, or want to, but like mm-hmm. the two dollar value, which gives you the backer blogs, the you know, and the uh, the uh, Slack channel, is like such an amazing. Amount yeah. like content for money <laughs> ratio. It's like the best community 
online yeah. and has not taken a shit at all yet. So yeah, it like it like just the the, the past six months with uh, with that Slack has really um, brought the community forward in my mind is like one of the most important parts of what we do. Obviously, yeah. we need listeners to have a community or whatever. Like this thing doesn't exist without you. But um, like my my priorities are shifting in that regard and in a really really good way. And so yeah, I would I would say that uh, everybody is welcome and it is like honestly one of the most positive supportive places on the internet. Yeah, and, and if you're if I'm saying it's a, a undespoiled uh, paradise and you're just like rubbing your hands together like a fly thinking you can take a giant shit on it, please nope. don't. Nope. Yeah, uh, you're... <laughs> yeah. It is, it is a civility is demanded uh, mm-hmm. there, but think of it, it's a place where civility is demanded. Yeah. Um <laughs> We are benevolent dictators. Um, but uh, yeah, so that is at uh, patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff, um, you know, extra content, postcards, things like that. Go check it out. We encourage it. And uh, if you have already taken the step of backing it, we genuinely appreciate it. We have the Facebook page, facebook.com slash bonfiresidechat and a P.O. box at uh, uh, duckfeed.tv, P.O. box 27105, Cincinnati, Ohio, 45227. Indeed. Um, yeah, I think that's probably about it. Yeah, this has been a super um, status episode, but I've had a great time recording it. Yeah, it's been fun. Yeah. Um, super fun. And uh, yeah, uh, hopefully, uh, what should they do until next time, Cole? Um, they should run away from every spiral, spiral they see. Gary, I'm tired. <laughs> join join us in the, in the sea to, to frolic forever in the <laughs> phosphorescent fields of, of our true gods or what have you. <laughs> oh, the effervescence of leprous take, coral. Take the, take yeah. the third oath. <laughs> And we all pray that we will have far more soon.